You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Kilver. Susie Hunt. And we are here for our Christmas special. Ding, fires are done. Ding, fires are done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's been a long time since I've seen that. I'm going to have to look it up again. Yeah. But uh, this is something that is a little, uh, little different for us. We had to find a movie that is not streaming anywhere, so it was obtained through illicit means. Um, you Mike know. had to give hand jobs for crack. <laughs> yeah, I had to find an old hobo behind tops. You know, I was on Portage Road. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like how I got the Star Wars Holiday Special. No, it was it was um. the dark web. <laughs> but this is a film from 1989 called Better Watch Out. Uh, it's an hour and 27 minutes, directed by Francis Delia, uh, who we would know from Freeway, Friday the Thirteenth, the series, Max Hedrum. But mostly music videos, including Rockwell, Somebody is Watching Me. Almost uh, feels like somebody's stroking me. <laughs> Mexican Radio by Wall of Voodoo. I got no Mexican <laughs> radio. And of course, we can't forget Starships, We Built This City. We built this city <laughs> on rock and roll. What she said. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you know I gotta sing. Of course. Well, and I mean, with a director who does mostly music videos, I would expect that. Um, But yeah, this is one of those ones that I have often uh, said that it's a shame that it gets so lost in the holiday fair. But think about it. It's got the name Better Watch Out. We've already covered two other movies Mm -hmm. this month with Better Watch Out in the title. There was uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out, and Christmas Evil was originally titled Better Watch Out, where it even still says it on the title card. So it's a very common name. It's easy to kind of like lose track of. But um, I think I'm the only one here who has seen this before this episode. So let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks. Susie, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this uh, 1989 cult classic? For a low-budget horror film and the quality of the product that we acquired <laughs> exactly i mean what was that other one that we had to i had to watch on youtube dolly like, dearest <laughs> it wasn't as bad quality as dolly dearest but it wasn't that good either. but it wasn't that good either but with that said it mm-hmm. was a fun movie um i like the nods to other horror yep movie people which yep. we'll get into mm-hmm. um but here are my big complaints okay one What's one of my pet peeves in movies? Screens on the windows. Okay, it's winter. There are no fucking storm windows. None. People are just like... Slide windows open. Like, what, was heat free back then? In in the 80s, damn it, heat was free. Heat was like 50 cents. (laughs) 50 cents, little man. Put Put that that shit shit in my hand. That and... It's winter... And the only goddamn person wearing sensible footwear is fucking Jess. I knew you were going to say that. Everyone else is traipsing through in their stiletto, like, red shoe diary heels. Especially the two girls at the bar <laughs> went scooting by with their little heels, clicky clacky. Because you know, like, 
if we were videotaping this, <laughs> this is how, when I was in my 20s and I used to walk to the bar, mm-hmm. I would like wear heels because, you know, you're in your 20s, you're stupid. But come on, now I'm, I'm old. But it would literally be like, like walking like the Frankenstein monster. <laughs> Listeners, if you could see her, she's doing the Frankenstein walk. <laughs> Oh, I, I thought overall it was a really good movie. I did guess part of... Mm-hmm. I I got the ending before we got to the ending, but not gotcha. really got it. I see what you're saying. Okay. I think I think I know where you're going with that. But, uh, all right, Maurice, we'll toss it over to you. What, what are your thoughts on this? I, I, I'm sure you have something to say about the music. <laughs> <laughs> we already broke Susie. Nope. That music is something. <laughs> You mean all, all that royalty free shit? Uh, that royalty fee, free uh, holiday music? Yeah, mm-hmm. that you would hear it at a dollar store? No, no, yeah, dollar store. Even dollar store isn't play. Oh. Uh, even they're paying for White Christmas yeah. at least. Dollar store That's probably true. blasts 102.5 <laughs> Western New York's do, Christmas actually. station. Um, it's great value Christmas music. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> we almost made Susie spit out her beer. It's a. Uh, <laughs> the synth is, uh... It, it was it, the 80s, to be fair. It's probably, uh... The music for the synth is probably, uh... One of the worst music videos ever. <laughs> if, one of the worst music videos ever in a movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the worst part Santa is... Wept. <laughs> <clears throat> we have a freaking well-known <clears throat> music director... Music video director directing this, and he still could, he couldn't call in any favors. You no, know, it's like, he, what the fuck, dude? He dropped the ball on this one. You know, he should have got Rockwell. Come on, come sing Jingle Bells or something. In all honesty, I can't believe this movie was made. I know, right? Uh, <laughs> I mean, the quality is not Dolly Dearest, no, but uh, overall, I, I enjoyed it. It's a it's a good movie, but I I, I don't know how this movie was made. <laughs> well, I think there's a lot of people that agree with you because this is one of those films that, like I said, got buried. Yeah. You know, it's like... Didn't it get shelved? Well, it did get shelved for a while. I had that in the trivia. Um, it was filmed, I want to say, in like 86, 87, something like that. And I think it, it was 87. Yeah, and then shelved until 89. Mm-hmm. And then, and again, then it was just direct to freaking VHS and shit. Um, but, but the actors are all pretty decent, surprisingly, yeah. for... A, I mean, they're all people that I kind of recognize. Is, is this a B few. horror film, or is this more like a D horror film? I mean, actor-wise, I would say B... Uh, quality. Quality, I'd say more like maybe a Q. <laughs> it's pretty far uh, down the Q list. Q for quality. That doesn't, that doesn't jive because quality starts That's with true. Q. It's a KW. Yeah. It's quality. If you ask a five-year-old to spell quality. Quality. Yeah, there we go. It's quality. Qual- K- quality, yes. Um, the killings are pretty cool. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. I really enjoy the killings. You know, it, it's overall, it's not a bad Christmas flick. I think if they had more of a budget and a little more time, maybe, to, to edit some shit out that should have been edited out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, uh, you know, it could have it been a Silent Night, Deadly Night affair. It could have been up around that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the actors, there's, there's some good people. We'll, we'll get to them in a minute. But for me, this is one of those movies I saw, God, years ago. And I, I can't remember if my brother and sister watched it with me or just my sister. I, I know Sabrina watched it. Um, but it's one of those things like, you know, you catch late night on freaking the movie channel or Showtime or something. And then never see it again and be like, what the hell was it called? Or, here's a throwback. Mm-hmm. 
shit, what was it called? It was on Channel 7 on Saturday oh. nights. Offbeat Cinema. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, I forgot about Offbeat Cinema. I think but, it's a little bit better quality than that. <laughs> I don't know. They played Santa Claus versus the Martians on That's, Offbeat Cinema. That is true. That's a classic. That is a classic. <laughs> yeah. Maybe if that was on Offbeat Cinema, it would have had a bigger following. True, true. I feel like, uh, you know, it's it's not quite like Manos in the Hands of Fate level bad, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's in there. Um, but yeah, this is one of those movies I remember liking when I saw it, and then kind of forgot about it. it. It's just, it was one of those movies you catch on cable in the, you know, early 90s. And, you know, I've always liked Christmas horror. I've said that many times on this show. And the whole time, like, we've been covering Christmas horror movies for this show, I've been trying to figure out what the hell this movie was called. Finally tracked it down, and of course, it's not streaming anywhere. So, like I said at the start, kind of had to, to go around that. That's why it's a special, because we like to have, uh, we like to make sure our movies are streaming for anyone who wants to watch it before we cover it. So, if you want to watch this one, folks, you're going to have to do some digging. <laughs> or private message Mike and send him dick pics and maybe he'll you know omay if you're listening and you haven't seen this <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah let's go through the cast here so hibbard send some pussy pics i know you got three <laughs> oh he already sends me all those <laughs> <laughs> he posts them on facebook for the world to see <laughs> this is true this is true uh but we have billy jarvis yes as Susie mentioned jarvis is is one of our first the little jarvis nods. fun but uh, played by Sean Fagan, uh, the only thing that we've seen on here with him is the the gate that was uh, Strasberg's uh, birthday pick last mm-hmm. year, uh, or this year I should say. And then he was also in Friday the Thirteenth the series. Uh, then we have Ralph Watkins played by Alan Kaiser. Um, he went, he was in Night of the Creeps and Mama's Family. In Night of the Creeps, he played oh god, what is his name? I forget the he was the, the blonde jock that gets turned into a zombie at the end of the movie. I don't remember. Uh, he's 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 a douchebag. <laughs> Uh, then we have Harry Calden, played by David Burns. He was in Intruder, Witchcraft 7, The Judgment Hour, and Witchcraft 9, Bitter Flesh. So we can already kind of see the caliber of actor we have here. Yeah. But um, again, they're not in... Yeah, they're in stuff we would watch. Right. <laughs> you know. But there's only one or two that I would say, okay, that's actually a good actor. Um, we have Ricky Bosco, played by Jack Blum, who is in Happy Birthday to Me, Meatballs, The Littlest Hobo, The Twilight Zone, and Alfred Hitchcock Presents. Uh, Jess Hatter, played by Jill, I always say this name wrong, it's uh, uh, Shulin, Shulin? She was the the chick from Popcorn. She was like the main actress from Popcorn. Mm. Uh, In fact, I would say she's probably the biggest actor in this movie. Um, And that's saying something. (laughs) I would say, next to the one who had the bit role, which we'll get to. Uh, But she was in uh, Popcorn Cutting Class, Phantom of the Opera, the one with... um, Robert England. Thank you, yeah, the 80s one. And then, of course, Murder, She Wrote. Because we've got to have Murder, She Wrote. I was waiting for it. (laughs) Then Bradley Fuller, played by Russell Todd. Uh, he was in He Knows You're Alone, Friday the 13th Part 2, Chopping Mall, and Sweet Murder. In Friday the 13th 2, he's the guy with the slingshot who shoots the girl in the butt. We get that epic walking away shot. Oh, yeah. With that's the yeah. shorts. Okay, that, uh, now I remember. <laughs> I kept on picturing his face. I'm like, who the hell is this yeah. guy? Yep. Friday the 13th. And he was the, the guy um, that, oh, God, was he with Barbara Crampton? In mall. <laughs> I don't know why that caught me off guard, but um, it was he was one of the he was one of the two people that showed up late to the party with the pickup truck um, and the beer to have sex in the department <laughs> store on the beds. Yep, while their friends were like literally in the next bed. And over. Tricky Dick had the 
<laughs> the floor mop. polisher. <laughs> or no, it was a mop. Yeah, yeah. He was like mopping with chocolate milk or something. Um, and then we have <laughs> Mrs. Jarvis, played by Patricia Hamilton. Uh, she was in, she was the old lady in My Bloody Valentine, the chick who gets thrown in the washing machine. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. Or the dryer, I mean. She's in Anna Green Gables, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and Friday the 13th, the series. Uh, Mr. Jarvis. Now, this guy, actually, I would say this is probably the get of the film. Like, the one that's like, oh, we got, we got a, a quality actor here with Pat Hingle. Um, most people listening to this would remember him as Commissioner Gordon in the Tim Burton Batman films. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was also in Alfred Hitchcock Presents, MASH, Magnum P.I., uh, Murder, She Wrote, and, of course... Maximum Overdrive. We can't forget that one. <laughs> That's such a good movie. Really we saw is. that at Terrors, didn't we? Yeah. Yep. I love it. Now, one of my personal favorite actors who does not get enough love, but Sheriff Thompson, played by Tim Thomerson. Uh, he's the main character in all the Trancers movies. He was in Dollman, Iron Eagle, Near Dark, uh, Cherry 2000, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, and of course, Evil Bong. Can't forget that one. But. <laughs> Charlie <but>, Band. <laughs> And this, you know, he's he's only in it for a minute. Like, he literally has maybe, like, about a minute and a half of screen time. Because he's got to be Nancy's dad. Oh, no, 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 you're thinking of a different person. You're, no, no, uh, no, the character has oh, to yeah. transform and be Nancy's <laughs> Sheriff dad. Sheriff Thompson, yes. yes. <laughs> like Nancy, yep. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm talking about this this next one, uh, Officer Sims, played by Gr- Garrett Graham. Who we, Barney Fife. He totally is doing a Barney Fife the whole movie. But he was in Chopping Mall, Phantom of the Paradise, Chud 2, Bud the Chud, and Terror Vision. Really great guy. Me and Maurice actually met him at, uh, uh, was it Scaricon? Scaricon, yeah. Yeah, really nice dude. Um, But I I always, anytime I see him in a a movie, I'm always happy. But this was one of those moments where he just did like a little bit of physical comedy and then he was out. Yeah. That was it. But for anyone listening to this that has no idea what we're talking about, and I, I imagine it's more than a few of you, uh, the basic plot is a prank played by five youths goes horribly wrong and results... five youths. The five youths. <laughs> goes horribly wrong and results in a man being almost burned to death. Years later, the same prank comes back to haunt them as people start turning up dead in their hometown. Can they solve the Christmas murders? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so, we open up with a big Christmas Eve party in town square in some nondescript, like, middle America town. Uh, it's December 24th, 1975. We see several little snot-nosed punks getting really annoyed with a bunch of younger kids waiting to see Santa Claus. Uh, Bill, the leader of the little group, tells, the friends, tells his friends that Santa is none other than the town drunk, Mr. Fuller, and they should scare the shit out of him. Literally. <laughs> he says he wants to make him shit his pants. Well, doesn't later he say, like, yeah, a crock of shit? So I'm picturing, like, <laughs> right. I would like, what's a soup du jour? A crock, a crock of, of shit. shit. <laughs> exactly. But they sneak up behind Santa's village display and light a string of firecrackers and throw them under his chair and run for cover. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Things quickly go wrong. <laughs> when he catches... So Mr. Fuller catches on fire. And even the poor quality of the video could not hide the fact that he's like... Aah! It looks like Ed Gein almost. Like, everyone has heard my Ed Gein impression from the... He's like flailing his arms around and you're just like, did they not stop, drop, and roll in the 80s? Because right. I learned that in the 80s when I was in school. It reminded me of the opening scene in The Burning where the dude yes. goes right. And it's like, you know, in, on 80s television, I imagine you couldn't really see the the foam rubber padding. <laughs> but like, dude goes right. Like he goes from being like kind of a chubby Santa Claus 
to being engulfed in flames, and he looks like he's in, like, a hazmat suit just running down the street on fire. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. <laughs> so the, the firecrackers go off. Like we said, they, they burn the shit out of Mr. Fuller. A bunch of people come over. They put the guy out. And <laughs> the kids are like, oh, shit. Where did the blankets come from? It's it's a cold winter party. They just well, old they, ladies. Do people are, they, like wear blankets over their no. coats, and they're like, "We must put out Mr. Fuller's Santa." The, the elves sleep there, so they yes. use their blankets because they, ah, okay. they hired the town hobos to be with the town yeah. drunk. You know, okay. <laughs> and you got to keep them warm. Yeah, but yeah. if they piss themselves, they would stay warm for a little bit. Right. I mean, as silly as the burn stunt is, like I do have to say, I, I always mention this in movies. I love burn stunts. Um, just because it's just so fucking metal. It's like, holy shit, like, this person literally just lit themselves on fire for art. Like, that that blows my mind every and time I see it. And it is not art fuck. No, it is not art fuck. But he did get fucked by the fire, so you know. He did get fucked by the fire. <laughs> so moments later, we see emergency crews putting Mr. or getting Mr. Fuller and his wife and their son, Bradley, into an ambulance. Uh, the kids discuss what the hell they should do. Bill bullies them into keeping their mouths shut in spite of Jessica's protests. Uh, he goes on to tell Jess that if she tells anyone, they'll pin the whole thing on her, and the other kids agree, agree reluctantly. That's fucking awful, mm-hmm. because... Eh, that when was a staple in the 80s. So it, true. It was, but think about it. They're all scared, mm-hmm. except fuckface ringleader. Yep. And Jess is the only girl in the group. Mm-hmm. And they're like, <laughs> tag, you're it. Like, that's horrible. Right. Uh, one thing I probably should have mentioned this at the start of this... It is definitely a whodunit, so there's going to be a lot of, like, questions throughout. A so. herring what is red, if you will. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jess freaks out and runs off crying. We pan to the ambulance as it drives off to the hospital, fade to black, and then we get the title card and opening credits montage uh, with generic, <laughs> the generic royalty-free Christmas mm-hmm. music with lots of extra synth because it was the 80s. But, but it's not Disco Santa like it is not Christmas Evil. <laughs> But you know what I liked about this is it reminded me of the opening from Dolls, where you had all the different porcelain heads, and this one you just see like the Santa decorations as they're like kind of fading into the yeah. background. It was that very was cool. Dolls-like. Mm-hmm. But then we cut in, it says, 10 years later, December 22nd, 1985. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> we now see an adult Bill driving into town smoking a cigarette. He... My grandfather smoked Raleigh's. <laughs> So when I saw that and I saw the pack on the yep. seat next to him in the car, I was <laughs> like, like, hey, oh, my grandpa smoked Raleigh's in the 80s. Oh, 80s cigarette brands. But uh, they don't make vagina slimes anymore. They don't? No. Oh, shit. I remember Carrie used to smoke those. Yes. And she's why I call them vagina slimes. <laughs> <laughs> Old Virginia Slim vagina slimes. What were the yeah. other super skinny ones? I don't remember. I just remember vagina slimes, but yeah. there was another super skinny cigarette, and I remember Kara smoked them because she thought they were elegant. <laughs> they were they were more ladylike. Yes, <laughs> but I anyway. never smoked, so I don't know. <laughs> but he goes home uh, to gr- and he greets his mom. Ex- well, oh, I'm sorry, he goes home and his mom greets him excitedly. Uh, we find out that Bill's been away at college. Yada yada. Lots of I like cheese dialogue here. We also find out that Bill's mom is in, in charge of decorations for this year's uh, little Christmas party. Well, so. should we have a laundromat? <laughs> she, well, you know, she should be. But um, <laughs> well, we'll talk about her fate later. <laughs> a little different from being burned alive in a, in a dryer, you know. But uh, We now get a little montage. We see Bill in his childhood bedroom dropping off his bags. 
he looks at a photo of him and his friends uh, as kids. They're all smiles. You know, in case you've forgotten the last three minutes what the whole group of kids looked like. Mm-hmm. Um, but mom is making popcorn strings. You know, I got I to gotta comment on this. I've never done this in spite of it being in almost every fucking Christmas movie since I was a child. I have never made popcorn strings. It sounds way too time involved. Right? right? Yeah. Like, you get thread and a needle and sit there and literally thread popcorn. And for what purpose? I mean... Well, it probably stinks after a while. Right. It's like you're leaving it out. Wouldn't it get bugs? If I didn't yeah. think it was a danger to children, I'm sure that I could, like, force some free child labor into doing <laughs> that. But, you know, needles, kids yeah. are stupid. I mean, I could see dressing up, like, outdoor trees with that, so, like, birds and squirrels and stuff can eat them, but... Yeah, and then the birds and squirrels look like ornaments. Right. Because yeah. they choke on the thread, and then they just hang their Or dead. Ralphie shoots their <laughs> eyes out. Right, true. <laughs> but, oh, man. Anyway, so listeners, let us know if you've made popcorn strings. I'm curious. Mm-hmm. But uh, she gives them a list of things she needs from the family store and sends Bill on the errand to go get them. We then see a smattering of uh, blah, blah, blah. smattering around town, like of, of people going about town. Uh, the whole place is decked out for the holidays, and Bill seems pretty damn happy to be home. As he has this big old dopey smile on his face as he's walking through town. Eventually, he winds up at Jarvis Hardware, so it's his family store. Bill's dad greets him warmly, and Bill gives him a list. Uh, gives him the list that his mom gave him. And I love how Dad kind of just grumbles. He's like, oh, "She's never gonna. I'm never gonna make any money if she keeps taking all my inventory." <laughs> He's just bitching and griping. And he does that little, like that little head shake he just did. It just wanders into the back. Someone should make a gif of me being like a little bobblehead. <laughs> but we also meet a now fully grown up Bradley Fuller here, and we find out that he's been working for Bill's dad for a few years now after his father passed away. There's a bit of a back and forth. A few here. years. His mama put him to work like straight. <laughs> Quick. Mr. Jarvis was like, I feel bad for you. <laughs> We're going to take you in, boy. Child labor laws need not apply. It's I'll, pay the 80s. You, I'll pay you 10 cents an hour. And now he's making a buck 25. <laughs> and for overtime, I'll give you a shiny nickel. <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a back and forth here where we find out, you know, how, how things were really tough for Brad and his mom. And the Jarvis family really helped them out. But. Brad picks up the box of decorations, tells Bill, uh, bleh. sorry, yeah, Brad picks up a box of decorations and tells Bill and his dad goodbye and heads off to the town square to help set up. Bill's dad uh, tells Bill to go see his friends and assures him that he'll bring home the list of items so Bill doesn't have to worry about it. So Bill heads off into town and blam, gets smacked in the face with a snowball while someone off camera yells, fuck you, college boy, <laughs> which I have to admit I laughed at. We did skip the part where Mr. Jarvis was saying how bad he felt. That's true, yeah. For the Fuller family, because yeah. first Dad was a drunk. Yep. Then the Dad accident. kept his fire. The, the accident, <laughs> in quotations. <laughs> and then Dad was pretty much... I, mean, I don't want to say no good. Yeah. But he really was... He was a like burnt vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Mrs. Jarvis was... Or, um, Mrs. Fuller, Fuller yeah. was uh, Rose. I think her name Rose was. was taking care of him until yeah. his. We find out that he dies. Yeah, he, his he has passed. So what did what did Santa call uh, Bubble Boy Ricky and Silent Broccoli? Broccoli. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was Mr. Fuller was burnt broccoli. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Minus the Papamatic bubble. Yeah. No. No Papamatic on his head. But so Bill wipes the snow from his face and sees Harry, Ralph, and Ricky standing just outside of town, or just outside of the town square, smoking and smiling at him. He flips him off and heads over. 
We now get the obligatory catch-up scene where all the friends tell Bill, you know, what they've been up to. He tells them about college, yada, yada, yada. And then we get the obligatory, we've been fucking your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was say, I, I do love, I do love Harry's comment, though, because what's like, he go, Bill goes, what have you assholes been up to? And Harry responds with, well, let's see. Me and Ricky have been fucking your mom two to three times a week for the last year or so. It's an ugly job, but someone's got to do it. Harry has some really fun lines in this movie. He does. He's like the comic relief. Yeah. <laughs> he Something happens to him pretty quick, though. Yeah. Um, we find out that if in reality, Ricky and Harry both work at the tire plant nearby. Um, they, they comment on how it's hard work, but there's plenty of OT. And uh, Ralph has become a banker, much to the other's chagrin. <laughs> they're, they're like, this motherfucker. But uh, Bill asks... what do they say? He couldn't hold on to his lunch money? Yeah. But, like, if his life depended on it or something like that? And now he's like in charge that. the whole time. Yeah. Money, yeah. And then he's like, and then Ralph's like, including your two, or including your assholes. And he's like, so you better watch what you say or something like that. <laughs> so, but then Bill asks about Jess, and we find out that none of the guys have really kept in touch with her after, and that she moved away after Mr. Fuller died. So we cut to that night at the Jarvis house. We see a little family dinner scene filled with time filler dialogue about how school is going for Bill. He then helps clean up and tells his parents he's going out for drinks with the guys. Bill meets up with his friends at a local bar uh, where we where they all have some beer and Bill talks trash over a pool table, basically saying that he's going to kick their asses, yada yada. And then Harry roundly whoops him. You know, typical <laughs> who's got a bigger dick. Exactly. And Harry proved that he did. <laughs> I was like, we'll, we'll all know about that soon enough. <laughs> but Bill, being a little salty after losing, wants to know what else there is to do in, in town other than drink and play pool. And the guys assure him that they have something fun planned. Oh, I wonder what it could be. <laughs> There's some Christmas snow. And not just on the ground. <laughs> it's all over their lip and nose. <laughs> but so they all spill out of the bar and we get this great scene where Harry, being the asshole that he is, sees some ladies in nonsensical footwear. <laughs> and their fucking skirts. Like, yes. if you, if it was a better film quality, I bet if you paused it and enlarged it, you could see their coochie. I mean, they were pretty short skirts. And I don't think they so. were wearing their underoos. Well, it might have been in, like, Christmas Eve or it was a fur bikini. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's very true. <laughs> but... He sees them, like, hobbling toward the bar in their little, like, clickety-clack heels. <laughs> it he, sounded almost like tap shoes. And I was really like, did. how the fuck are they making tap shoe sounds on snow? <laughs> really bad Foley work. <laughs> we know all about that. <laughs> exactly. But he decides he's going to fuck with them. So he runs up behind him and says, Merry Christmas, ladies. It's cold out tonight. Why don't you warm yourselves up with my Yule log? They look her. They turn and look at him, and he's got his arm hanging out of his zipper, swinging it around. Like he's got a fucking out. Now, if they were smart and witty <laughs> and wearing sensible footwear, mm-hmm. they may have said, "You need to get that checked out." <laughs> right. I think you got elephantitis, boy. But it's like you know. Okay, so we also have to to comment that this is definitely foreshadowing. Yes. <laughs> Harry's a little obsessed with his dick. Chekhov's dick. <laughs> exactly. So the girls freak out, smack Harry, and run away, and then fall over right as Bill is cu- or right as Ralph is coming out the door. So he hangs back to help him up. Harry runs after uh, Rick and Bill, smacking him with his dick arm, yelling "Merry Dick, Miss Kitties!" Fucked <laughs> up. And he's like, "Who's been good this year? Who? Who?" And if you could see me, I like have my arm like it's a dick, 
and pointing to Mike and then Maurice. Who? <laughs> Who? Who's been good? It almost looked like he was trying to pinch Ricky's ass as they were scooting away. <laughs> Ooh. Then, Which, be, then that turns into alien. <laughs> I was going to say. And then, you know, might, might say some stuff about Ricky and Harry. You never know. <laughs> um, hey. No judgment. No, no judgment. judgment. I'm and just saying. <laughs> all, most of us, if not all of us, have seen Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2. This is true. I love Nightmare on Elm Street 2. I almost said a Nightmare Before Christmas Part 2. <laughs> that hasn't come out yet. <laughs> but all the guys pile into Harry's truck and they take off. We then get our first of many POV shots. Someone is watching from across the street. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Strosky. <laughs> yeah, I was like, well, I immediately, as soon as I saw the first POV shot, I in my head I just come up, somebody's watching me. I did that too. Because again, he did the video. <laughs> so, but. But Michael Jackson is definitely the one singing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that I would be terrifying. Somebody's watching me. <laughs> I should not have taken a drink. It's not doing. my dick, you see. <laughs> well, we're going to see something in a minute. Um, but they, they end up going to a snow-covered hill in the middle of a wooded area. It's Old old Mill Creek Road. Um, the guys want to go sledding. Bill looks a little skeptical until Harry tells him the snow is a lot more fun with some of this snow and pulls out a bag of cocaine because it's the 80s. I was waiting for it to be like <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Whee! And then like the snow catches on fire and they launch into the air. <laughs> so the guys all snort some lines and run up the hill. We then see them running up the... Or, I'm sorry. We, we see them running up the hill with their sleds uh, from a POV shot in the woods. So we see them pile out of the car or pile out of the truck, grab their sleds from the back and start running up the hill. And then we shift to the POG, a POV shot as someone's watching them out of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But we now get an all, an all too long montage of them sledding and being dumbasses and acting overly high because you know, bad acting in the eighties. It really was too long. It, it was, it was like a solid like two minutes or something of just, up and down, stupid music playing. So as drunk and as fucked up on coke as they were, mm-hmm. how were they still able to run up the hill? I know, right? Like, <laughs> I thought, going into this, I thought this was going to be a one and done. Like, oh! <laughs> then they all pissed their pants. Mm-hmm. But I do have to comment, though, Ralph in the background, like, there was the scene where it was Ricky and Harry on, like, the toboggan-style sled, and in the background, you see Ralph with his little disc sled. Yeah. And I swear to God, the actor took it in the chest because he, like, dropped down. It looked like he knocked the wind out of himself. Because <laughs> his head flew back and then he was just kind of limp for a minute. And they cut away real quick. Like, I think he actually got hurt. <laughs> oh, shit. But eventually, Harry says he's got to take a piss and heads off to the tree line at the bottom of the hill. He unzips and begins pissing while the other guys continue to sled. We cut to the POV shot coming toward <laughs> the POV <laughs> shot coming towards him as he's pissing with his head tilted back like in that side like ah relief like that kind of a look. It's shrinkage. <laughs> well, it wasn't that shrunk because we see a knife raise up, glint briefly, and slash down. <laughs> and I love the way they play this. Because... I do too. What would have made it better though? And mm. I know it's a trope, mm-hmm. but if when we saw the knife, we saw his eye like. Yeah, the reflection. <laughs> the reflection. The but low budget, they could only afford a dull knife. Well, and that's the thing. Uh, apparently, originally, this scene was not in the movie. Now, the uh, illicit cut that I found, 
Yes. There, there is, uh, you see, you can tell that the footage was, it was very much like in uh, My Bloody Valentine, mm-hmm. when you see the, the footage, put, the scenes put back into the film, there's a definite quality dip. Yes. <laughs> so. And this was not the greatest quality to begin with. Yeah, so it looked pretty bad. But I love the way Harry plays this, because his eyes widen, and then, like, he immediately sobers up. And he looks down, holding his now severed penis. So you just see this really bad fake dick in his hand. I really like the Alice Sweet Alice-esque the mask, mask yes. that Santa is wearing. Well, because that's the thing. We now, uh, like, he, we, we looked at, we see, like, blood and piss all over the snow. Yeah, it looks fake as hell, of course. But it's gruesome nonetheless. It's no giallo blood, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it could have been better. Um, but then... When we when he looks up, we get our first glimpse of the killer, like you're talking about. Um, it's basically a guy in a Santa Claus suit, or someone in a Santa Claus suit, with a Alice Sweet Alice, like, plastic... That, those, like, like, almost makeup like purge masks. masks. Yeah. Yeah. And, but it's, like, that kind of opaque and see-through. Like, you, you can see there's a face under there, but you can't make anything out. It was yeah. creepy. It, yeah. Like, I mean, as far as killer Santas go, because we've seen them in how many other movies, like, it was it was an interesting look. But uh, Santa. Santa, I love how Santa, it's almost like I, I was expecting him to do the hairy thing where he like winks and touches his nose, yeah. but instead he like leans over and like he's got the blood on his glove mm-hmm. and he's like, shh. Yep. Oh, it's creepy. Well, plus right before that, he does like the Jason head tilt where he just kind of like looks at Harry screaming, almost like in that like mild confusion like why are you screaming (laughs) and then he does the shush i was trying to make you feel good baby (laughs) exactly but harry falls backwards screaming clutching himself santa rate like you know does the shush and then he throws the knife down in the snow next to him and runs off into the woods leaving a pool of really poorly colored blood Mm -hmm. and and pee pee. (laughs) maybe that's what made the blood really poorly colored it was very watered down (laughs) And just a severed dick. But you really only see, like, where the, like, where the sever Yeah, the was. cut. <laughs> like, was he, was he cut or uncut? <laughs> exactly. We'll never we, know. We don't know. <laughs> oh, my God. But, so the guys understandably freak when they hear him, him, him you know, screaming. So they come I running to the scene. Ralph's first, first reaction is, did he just cut his dick off? <laughs> yeah. Like... Dude. <laughs> well, they're all like, what happened with And Ralph literally just points from behind the other two. Did he just cut his fucking dick? And I love how there's like, they try to make it still like squirting blood like the severed penis. But it's like, it looks like it's blowing like, like babies blow spit bubbles. Yes. <laughs> it's like someone's off camera blowing really hard in the blood tube and it's just bubbling. Bubbling. Oh, God. But Bill is the only one that notices footprints leading away from where Harry fell, but they kind of come up to a grassy patch in the woods, so he loses track of them real quick. The guys help their friend back to the truck, and they take off. We see Santa watching from the woods as they speed away. Cut to the hospital, where we see Bill, Ralph, and Ricky covered in Harry's blood, waiting in the waiting room, looking horrified. Here's where we meet another main player, Sheriff Thompson. And I swear to God, I've said this before, fucking Tim Thomerson is so damn good. Like, I love him in everything, but he never quite made it out of low-budget films. Yeah. yeah. You know, but he's always so good. But Thompson talks to the boys, wondering uh, what would make Harry do such a horrible thing to himself. I love it because he goes, wouldn't make a man cut his own pecker off is beyond me. <laughs> like, I love the way he talks. 
Because it's almost like he's in a like a Western movie. Yeah. Like I was expecting him to like stand there and there'd be like that that Western music like for the And have like a spittoon that he's like, Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he's like waving his arms. Over his gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like he's gonna be in a duel. <laughs> but Bill tries to convince Sheriff Thompson that someone else did this to Harry. Something uh, something that both of his friends look shocked by. Like they're like, wait, what? Because they didn't see anything. Thompson tells him that according to Harry, Santa Claus chopped his willy off, which another was another one of those lines that cracked me up. Yeah. He then goes on to say that he had his men search the area, and all they found were four sets of footprints from the boys and a whole lot of blood. He goes on to say how Harry had a lot of alcohol and cocaine in his system, leading them to believe that Harry may have done this to himself. Bill tries to protest, but Thompson seems very set on this version of events. He tells the boys that since he knows them and their families, he's going to assume that it was only Harry who partook in the drugs and let them off with a warning, hmm. telling them to go home. He then ominously tells Bill not to leave town anytime soon. Bill looks pissed. So every dead. movie. <laughs> yep. Every movie. Yep. Don't leave girl. Don't leave town. So no. if he's home from college, he's got a whole fucking month off. Like, where the fuck is he going to go? <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, you know, if he's, I don't know, he might, if he did, if, if he did it, which I think Thompson was kind of implying, implying, yeah, yeah, maybe he would run. But so this is where act one ends. What are you guys thinking so far? Ridiculous. <laughs> but I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> what do you think of the fact that the first attack was a dick chop off? Well, the first it was a burn stunt <laughs> and then someone getting their dick lopped off. I'd say that's typical 80s. <laughs> Typical 80s fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got cocaine. Mm-hmm. The only thing missing is the plunging them into the toilet. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Need, need a little uh, swirly. A little swirly, yes. But uh, as... I as, call it a wet willy, but that's totally not. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the finger in the finger ear. Finger in the ear, which orifice, orifice. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it, it's... I, I do love the look of the Santa. I think that's a, that's a nice touch for a low-budget film. Because, again, you don't need a lot... To make a really cool looking slasher, you know, yeah. I mean, look at Jason. Like it, the, the very first time that we actually see Jason as he's a killer, got a sack on his head. Exactly, he's got a yeah. one like a one eye hole cut out of a sack. Right, and it's a great look, you know. And then they put a hockey mask on him, and it's a great look. And a Santa costume, super cheap. Those masks, mm-hmm. if they bought them right after Halloween, back in that day, it was probably only twenty five cents. <laughs> it's seventy five percent off, and so it's a nickel. But, uh, but yeah, and, and again, like I said, that, that's a hell of a way to kick off a movie. The burning and castration. This is mm-hmm. not a slow burn. Like, no. Like, rare exports, like mm-hmm. Christmas Evil. Yeah, it's ground running. Yeah. I mean, we were, like, not even ten minutes in. And we already have Mr. Fuller being burned alive. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, it, it opens pretty quick. But uh, Act 2 starts with December 23rd. Cut to Bill sitting up in bed in his parents' house, deep in thought. We see flashes of Harry screaming and blood on the snow. Bill pinches the bridge of his nose and closes his eyes, trying to, like, get rid of the the images in his head. He goes downstairs where he's greeted by his parents. His mom begins making Bill breakfast while Dad teases him about drinking too much and being hungover. Bill tries to tell his parents that he's not hungover, that he's upset about what happened. His parents seem clueless, so he tries to tell them that Harry was attacked, but Dad refuses to believe it. Bill yells at him that Harry got his dick chopped off. And Dad scolds him about using foul language under his roof. He got his Richard chopped off, okay? (laughs) Bill flips out screaming about how there's a psycho on the loose and they're worried about some naughty language. 
Dad yells at Bill, telling him that he's been very naughty. But when Bill turns to yell at his dad, we see the masked Santa standing in the kitchen holding an axe instead. (laughs) And Santa says, naughty boys don't get any presents. Naughty boys get punished. (laughs) And the... Clearly a ripoff. <laughs> yeah, we heard this. Clearly reference. I wonder where they got that line from. And then he swings the axe down, sticking it in Bill's chest. Blood squirts all over Mr. and Mrs. Jarvis. Well, Santa Jarvis. <laughs> Mrs. Jarvis. And I loved Mom's <clears throat> expression, because you could tell the actress was trying to keep a straight face, like a, a big shit-eaten grin when the blood happened, because mm-hmm. she was told to look happy and laugh. But when the blood hits her, like, there's that moment where she's like, oh, fuck. Like, she just, like, loses composure for a second. And the budget was so low, they could only do three takes, and that was the best one. Yep. But then he, like, sits up in bed. Of like, course. Like, all sweaty, like, Tommy Jarvis in, uh, what's Never the one five. where he's at? Five. Yep. Yes. And he's like... Because <laughs> <laughs> it's an 80s horror movie, and you have to have the dream fake out. Yep, <laughs> with the sweaty wake-up. I mean, Jesus, we've seen that so many times. But, so, yeah, well, uh, Bill wakes up. <laughs> Look, I put it here. It's, of course it's a sneaky dream sequence, you rascals. <laughs> <laughs> but we cut to Bill, uh, you know, going out on the town. We see some townsfolk, including Bill's mom, hard at work setting up for the party. Um, he stops in at the bank to talk to Ralph. Ralph takes him to his office, and the two talk over coffee. We find out a few things here. Bill is still convinced that someone dressed like Santa attacked their friend. And Ralph drinks on the job. This is true. <laughs> um, well, not as much as somebody else in the movie. but That's true. <laughs> um, Ralph, on the other hand, thinks that Harry did this to himself, and goes on to explain a bunch of times that Harry had very self-destructive episodes. Um, there was one where he got wasted and tried to jump off of a water tower, but Ricky saved him. Um, the time where he played chicken with a train when they were, when they were teenagers just for the fun of it. Hmm. Um, he attempted to slash his own wrists after getting dumped on prom for being a drunken mess. Basically, Harry has a bit of a, bit of a history of this type of behavior. You know, very self-destructive. He has mental, he has mental illness. Yeah. And has not gotten help. No. And he clearly is coping with drugs and alcohol. And that is very prevalent even now so. oh yeah but that was definitely a thing in the 80s oh yeah like, no mental you health you didn't talk about mental health in yeah. the 80s no mm-hmm. tough it up yeah <laughs> walk it off yeah walk it off essentially <laughs> oh you feel like you're gonna commit suicide walk it off that was the 80s advice yeah it's ridiculous but bill has no choice to but to agree that maybe harry did do this to himself and that ralph might be on to something so Bill leaves the bank and we get a yet another POV shot of him being watched as he makes his way toward his dad's hardware store. Bill wants to talk to his dad, but finds, uh, finds, uh, finds Bradley running the store instead. Bill asks if his dad was there, or if his dad's there, and he finds out that Sheriff Thompson had come by to ask Mr. Jarvis downtown to talk. So we find out uh, here that Brad knows about what happened to Harry. Bill, of course, thinks that's very suspicious and <laughs> wants to know how the hell he knew about it. Brad tells him it's a small town and that his mom works at the hospital. Plus, it's not every day that somebody lops off their ding- <laughs> their dingling. <laughs> my dingling, my dingling, I want you to play with my dingling. <laughs> Guys, you're getting so many Christmas presents today. <laughs> exactly. So, Bill gives Bradley a look like, I got my eye on you, motherfucker, <laughs> and leaves. It kind of for a split second looks like Samuel L. Jackson, like the look he gives him. <laughs> I was just waiting for him to do the thing where he points at his yeah, eyes. And then the look like, I'm watching you. <laughs> it, was, it was like one step away from that. But outside he sees Ricky standing on the street talking to, talking to some random woman. 
Bill goes over to talk to his friend and is surprised to find out that the young woman is none other than Jess in town for the holidays. At first I thought she was barefoot. <laughs> and then I looked and I was like, oh no, she's just wearing sensible footwear. She actually has shoes on instead of... Like freaking... real, real shoes. <laughs> instead of heels. But I, I do love the way she just kind of cuts through all the bullshit like we haven't been friends for a long time when he tries to make small talk with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just like, no. Like, I, I like Jess. She's she's not the stereotypical character. That and I don't think we we really did not see a female character like that for many, many more years again. Yeah. I mean, there were there were definitely a lot of strong female characters in slasher movies. Yes, but not like I'm just gonna cut the bullshit right out. Yeah. Um what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah, so she she just basically is not having it. But Jess clearly hates this town and is miserable being there, uh, but explains that her grandmother never left like the rest of her family, so here she is. I also like how when she is like, I'm not going to bullshit you. Like, it is, this is what it is. Like, we're not friends. And yeah. Bill's like, oh, shucks. <laughs> he doesn't know what to do with he's so like, He's so, like, put on the spot and embarrassed mm-hmm. that he doesn't. He doesn't know what to do with himself. So well, she's back for Granny's green beans on. <laughs> Bean candy. She's back for the green beans of friendship. <laughs> Can we put a can of green beans in an upcoming? <laughs> we should have put one in the Christmas giveaway. I didn't even think of that. Oh man, but yeah, like I, I do like the fact that that Bill very much thinks he's the main character, and he gets shut the fuck down here. But we find out that uh, that she was in town for less than three hours before she heard that Harry cut his dick off. <laughs> She's not at all surprised by this and says what, basically what Ralph did, only a lot colder. She comments that he's more. she's more surprised that he lived long enough to do this to himself. Uh, we then get this great back and forth where Bill tries to comment that someone attacked Harry... Ricky, sounding exasperated, tells them the tells both of them that the cops found absolutely nothing. And of course, Jess isn't buying any of it. And I love this little back and forth here because she goes, okay, just humor me for a moment. So someone dressed as Santa was just hiding in the woods waiting to chop Harry's dick off? Why? He goes, I don't know, maybe they were looking for anyone to hurt. And and, and we were just there. Maybe they were maybe they would have attacked any one of us had we gone off alone. I don't fucking know. Hmm. And she's like, I'm sorry, Bill. I know this whole situation is really messed up. But castrating Santa is just a bridge too far for me to follow. And it's so fucking dramatic how she, like, immediately then turns to Ricky and, like, her hair, like, mm-hmm. like flips. And she's like, what does she say? Something like, uh, it was great seeing you again. Like, tell your family I said yeah. hi. Merry Christmas. But then she looks at Bill and is like, I wish I could say that it was, I was happy to see you, but... <laughs> I'm not a liar or something yeah, like that. So I'm I didn't, not fine, I didn't, write, I didn't write it down. Yeah. But she's just so like matter of fact. Like, mm-hmm. Ricky, you're okay. It was almost like the, you're cool, fuck you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> fuck you, you and you. <laughs> but yeah, so she, uh, yeah, she takes off. And then we In cut. her sensible footwear. Yes, yeah, she, she walks happily down the snowy street. <laughs> but um, we cut to the hospital where we see Harry hooked up to an IV and monitors. Suddenly we hear a booming voice yelling out, Ho, 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 Merry Christmas! So you know, <laughs> Not as bad as Harry, though. You know in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, when Large Marge transforms, mm-hmm. that I was expecting his eyes to bulge out <laughs> like that. I, it's funny, because our last movie, we had a Harry that would have gotten really excited if he heard a Santa saying Merry yeah. Christmas. 
In this movie, we have a Harry looking really fucking terrified. <laughs> but especially because Santa starts opening the door to Harry's room. And Harry just freaks the fuck out and starts screaming. <laughs> and Santa's like, what's the matter with this guy? But I love the look on his face because he almost looks like, oh shit, I need an adult. I didn't do it. Like, <laughs> Santa looks so panicked. I didn't touch him. Oh my god. But one of the nurses shoes Santa away from the room and tries to calm, calm Harry down. Eventually, she sedates him. And we get this uh, POV shot of Harry falling asleep where the screen just kind of goes black. I love it. How it's like, <laughs> and it's in so many movies. Yep. It like gets fuzzy, fuzzy, and, and then, then it's like, <laughs> boop, and scene. <laughs> yep. And we cut to Bill waiting for Ralph out, uh, outside of the bank. The employees leave the bank for the day, and Ralph and Bill get into Ralph's car and head over to the hospital to see their friend. Back at the hospital, we get a very blurry POV shot as Harry begins to wake up. Once his eyes focus, we see the plastic-faced Santa standing in the room with him. Before Harry can scream, Santa clamps his hand down over his mouth and shushes him again. So that was creepy. It was. But anytime I see someone, like, clamp their hand over someone's mouth, I'm mm. like, why don't you just stick your hand out and, like, tickle the palm of their hand? <laughs> just start licking it? Like, yeah, like, like, tickle, 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 Or just bite. You know? Right. Get the get the meaty part of their palm and just bite down. Well, if he had gloves on, he would have had to, like, get a finger in there. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> this is turning into a whole new movie. This is not Creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> exactly. But, so he clamps down uh, over Harry's mouth so he can't scream. Um, then Harry looks down and sees that he's restrained to the bed and can't move. Santa holds up a syringe filled with something... And then points to a bottle on the table. Harry looks over and sees a bottle of bleach. I love how it's obviously Clorox, <laughs> but they put like black, like electrical tape over the Clorox because they couldn't afford to have Clorox in the movie. Why is there bleach in a hospital room? I think Santa brought it in his magic magic sack. Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe in the eighties they did use bleach to clean. I don't know, but yeah. As, like you said, it was the, the very generic-looking... they They made it to a generic bottle. <laughs> but, uh, like, so, okay, even though this is very cheap effects, again, I do like the way this happened, because um, Santa then sticks the syringe into Harry's IV and just pumps it full of bleach. Now, even though the effects are pretty cheap, and I'm pretty sure they probably just used, like, fucking Alka-Seltzer or something. I was just going to say, yeah. it really looked like... He put denture tablets in his mouth. Because they started foaming. And, yeah. And it was like foaming around Santa's gloved hand. Like, it just, it looked pretty cool. But uh, in seconds, Harry's dead. So, bye-bye, Harry. And I love it. It's like, he convulses and then stops. And they show him for, like, a split second. Mm. And then... <laughs> yep. And it's it was one step away. Like, if he didn't have a hand over his mouth, I'm pretty sure the actor would have went... Bleh. <laughs> it was like one step away from that kind of a And death. then they would have put electrical tape over his eyes with the exit. Like in a Christmas story. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. So Santa puts the bottle of bleach and syringe back into his sack and leaves the room like nothing ever happened. Mm. Bill and Ralph show up to the hospital and are immediately greeted by Sheriff Thompson, who keeps them outside. I was expecting Santa to, like, walk out, like, with a spring in his step, being like, like... Heel toe, heel toe. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then a little like jump and like put the heels on the side like in the Wizard of Oz. Yep. 
Oh, God. speaking of Here Comes Santa Claus, if you haven't listened to the Raised by Rentals Christmas special, folks, check it out because there's a very funny moment involving Here Comes Santa Claus. Hmm. Um, I just re-listened to it last night and I was cackling even though I was a part of the show. So, <laughs> but, uh, but Bill and Ralph show up at the hospital and are immediately greeted by Sheriff Thompson who keeps them outside. Uh, he cuts right to the chase and tells them that Harry died less than an hour ago. They understandably freak out and ask what happened. Thompson tells them that it happened in his sleep and that they're having a full toxicology report worked up on him to find out exactly what it was that killed him. I'm really, I really <coughs> I'm glad that I knew the characters' first and last names mm-hmm. because I swear to God, because he says Harold Calden or whatever yeah, his last Calden, name is. Yeah, Calden, yeah. I thought he said Harry Colin. <laughs> <laughs> that there Harry Colin. Wait, what? Your friend Harry Colin is dead. Oh my God, Harry Colin. We got another one. <laughs> got, that's going to come up again. I imagine. Not like that movie with Harry Colin. Um, Anytime we don't know a character's name, can't remember it. <laughs> it's going to be Harry, Harry Colin. Colin. <laughs> but Bill instantly jumps to Harry being murdered, much to the annoyance of Ralph. Uh, He insists that someone attacked Harry last night and must have come back to finish the job. Thompson doesn't, or yeah, Thompson doesn't act like he believes Bill, but he also almost looks like he's considering that that might be something. You know, like he kind of, he's like, "Mm," you know, he has that look on his face like, maybe this boy is on to something. But he then tells Ralph to take Bill home. And, um, oh yeah, he tells Bill to just, uh, or says to Ralph, take Bill home, Bill, go home, be with your family. And then he turns around and walks back into the hospital. As Ralph gets Bill back to his car, um, we see another POV shot watching them from a nearby alley. So, someone's peeping on him. I think it's Bleachy Santa Claus. (laughs) Bleachy Claus. He's got to have the bleach to clean the blood off. Yeah, his his white fur and white gloves. and Yeah. So that's why he has the bleach. And then he uses Clorox, too, on the rest of the suit. (laughs) Right. He takes the electrical tape off and then it works. Like when you paint, you want to put the border. Oh, my God. So I'm picturing, like, Alice, sweet Alice Santa. uh, Santa, sweet Santa. Santa, sweet Santa. Sitting at home, cigar in the ashtray, drinking a a Schlitz or something. (laughs) Just, you know, electrical tape, rubbing that leech into the white. Cleaning it real good. Not not white enough yet. (laughs) Gotta get them blood stains out. Uh, That night at Bill's house, we get the obligatory sympathetic parents scene, uh, where of course he's not wanting to eat dinner. Mom tries to you know confront or um, I'm sorry, comfort Bill, uh, asking him or saying that she's so sorry what happened to Harry, yada yada yada. But Bill asks to be excused and goes up to his room and starts pacing angrily like an angsty teenager. (laughs) He stops when he overhears his parents talking in hushed tones. Basically, his dad telling his mom that Sheriff Thompson thinks there might actually be foul play here, but he doesn't want to whip the town into a frenzy. Um, he goes on to say that that Thompson or that Bill was convinced that someone attacked Harry, and now that Harry is dead, you know his dad is starting to think that maybe Bill was on to something. And then Bill gets all like <laughs> he gets a fire under his ass. And he goes, secret secrets are no fun. Secret secrets hurt someone. And then he stomps down the stairs and out the door and slams the door. And I Pretty love much. how I love how the wreath like it like shakes too long, and then you see it fall off the front door. <laughs> yep. And they cut right as it falls. Yes. It's like it's such a bad edit. <laughs> oh my god. So yeah, he heads off to the police station. 
We see Thompson sitting in his office going over some files when we hear commotion in the lobby. Bill barges into the sheriff's office with dopey officer Sims coming up behind him. I told him you can't come back here. <laughs> I love Garrett Krabs. Perf- he was so channeling Barney Fife. Like, yes. It, it, it's just, I mean, he even says in the trivia, like, he was trying to be Barney Fife. Like, even his walk. Yeah, and he does that thing, like, so he he comes in there and he tries to tell Sheriff Thompson that he tried to stop him. But Thompson goes, tells, looks at Sims and goes, it's okay, Sims, you can go back to your desk. And, and he, he just hoists his belt. Does it like it just And he, he looks at Bill like, does that big snork? <laughs> and then walks back to his desk. Oh, like he was trying so hard to look intimidating. I loved it. But so he's back at his desk and Thompson and Bill talk. We get a huge info dump here. Uh, basically, Bill confronts Thompson about believing him and tells him that he wants to help. Thompson confirms that he does think there might be something going on, but Bill has to stay out of it. He explains that if there is a murderer, Bill getting involved will j- just paints a big old target on his back and the backs of his family. Sheriff Thompson tells Bill uh, to try and enjoy the holidays with his family as best he can and keep his nose clean. Wink, wink. <laughs> so he can keep his wits about him. Um, he tells him that if, if he sees anything out of the ordinary, anything at all, just come straight to him. Bill agrees and leaves, even though Bill is a fucking moron, so he's not actually going to do what he said. Of course. <laughs> We now cut to Ralph in his apartment. This part's actually kind of sad. It is. We cut to Ralph in his apartment, listen to some Christmas music, even though it was, you know, the generic Christmas music. Um, but it was the generic sad Christmas music. <laughs> like the I'm dreaming. <laughs> but generic. So he's having a drink, looking rather depressed. We see him pick up a framed photo of him and his friends sitting at the bar and smiles at them. Then we hear a knock at the front door. He goes to, a- or goes to answer it and asks, who is it? No one answers, so he looks out the peephole. The moment I saw the fisheye lens, I was like, yep. we about to get some eye trauma. Festive eye trauma. <laughs> and this has happened now, let's see, we got festive eye trauma in our last movie. Yes. There was none in Rare Exports, was there? I don't think so. There was no, no, because no, he got the axe to yeah, the head. Yeah, pickaxe to the head. Yeah. And what about Silent Deadly Night 3? Did we have eye trauma in that one? I know. I don't think so. Wow, so this is like, this and, and uh, Christmas Evil were like the only eye trauma this season. Last season, we had a lot of eye trauma. We did. <laughs> um, but no, the minute I saw that fisheye oh, lens, yeah. I was like, oh, here it comes. Mm-hmm. We see the, the fisheye view of Santa in the hallway. He raises a fire poker and slams it through the door into Ralph's eye. And immediately I fucking lost it because he'll shoot your eye out. <laughs> I was like, oh, Ralphie lost his eye. And then he falls back and oh, I was waiting for him to cry like El- Ralphie in a Christmas story. Mm-hmm. But he's just like, right, it's so overacted. Oh, he's just time. writhing on the floor in pain like <laughs> none of my limbs really work. <laughs> it's like, and I know, I, Mike, I know you're listening, so this is for you. It's like that South Park death where like, <laughs> just kind of like yes. flailing about. <laughs> But Santa kicks the door in and comes at him. Ralph screams for help as Santa's approaching. approaching Where are all the fucking neighbors? (laughs) Apparently they're not home. Why in every Christmas horror movie are lights on? You can see them in the windows, but no one fucking hears it. It was all a bunch of Karens looking out their people going, I ain't going to get involved in that. He stabbed that boy in the eye. I heard he cut someone's pecker off last night. (laughs) People may be going out shopping and leaving their lights on, so people think they're home. True, true. Oh, that's right. My parents used to do that all the I time know. in the 80s. Like, we would go somewhere. I do that. 
In the in the fucking afternoon, like mm-hmm. we, it would be a big to do if we went to my grandma's in Buffalo, mm-hmm. my babchi. Leave the kitchen light on. Why? So it looks like we're home. <laughs> exactly. And then after I saw Home Alone, because mm-hmm. I was, it came out in 1990, so I was 11. Yep. And I'm like, shouldn't we like rig things to look <laughs> like there's dancing in the kitchen? Or something? Well, you know, we talked about it at the start of the movie. Energy was a lot cheaper back then. It was so a lot cheaper. Like you could get away with it. I get pissed when Shane like leaves the bathroom light on. No. And that's like nothing. Oh, I can't tell you how often I go through the house turning lights off. It's like nope, nope, nope. The garage the garage light is a big thing because we turn the light in the garage on mm-hmm. so that Ripley can go out. Yeah. And our you've both been to my I don't know oh, if yeah. you've been in the backyard, but that screen door. Yep. Last big windstorm. It's oh. a doggy door now. Like, that bottom of the door is gone, so oh, now no. we just have to open the storm door. And, let, yeah. and I'm like, all right, let's go Tinkies. <laughs> yep. But I usually go to bed before him, and I I love Shane. I You guys know I do. Oh, yeah. But I wake up in the morning. I wake up now before him. I feed her. I take her outside, and I open up the door from the kitchen the to the garage. I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> the lights are on. I pay the electricity bill! Well, it's like every time Caleb's like, now he's going to be on vacation. If Jess is at work or Jess is out somewhere and I'm still sleeping, like I'll wake up to use the bathroom. And like, even though the kid's downstairs watching TV. Every damn light. The hallway light, the bathroom light, his bedroom light. Like, why? Why? Why are these? It's It's still light outside. Exactly. Oh, see now we're we're showing our age here because we're bitching about electricity. (laughs) I turn the kitchen light on when I wake up in the morning. Mm -hmm. And then before I leave for work now, I turn it back off. I used to turn the heat up because mm-hmm. I would work at home and my office is a little bit cold. Yeah. But now I leave it at 65. And then I turn it up when I come home to mm-hmm. 70 and then turn it back to... Oh, we are so fucking old. We are. And but... we're on the budget plan for heat and electricity. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want it going up another dollar. <laughs> oh, that's okay. We... Me and Josh uh, dated ourselves in, in Raised by Rentals because I was talking about looking numbers up in a phone book. You know? Remember, <laughs> so, where do you want to order pizza from tonight? My grandma, my after church on Saturday, because in the winter, for some reason, mm-hmm. we would always go to Mass, 5 o'clock at Our Lady of the Rosary. But in the summer, mm-hmm. we would go to 11 a.m. Mass on Sunday. I think it's because Pizza Oven is open in the colder months, and my grandparents love that place, too. And pizza yes, good. listeners, please, my husband thinks that Pizza Oven is a figment of my imagination. <laughs> but we would get back to her house sometimes, and sometimes she would, like, cook a quick dinner, like burgers or something, and then sometimes it would be, let's order pizza. And yeah. I was excited because I was the one that used to get to call the order. Mm-hmm. And it was like, bring the bit, the phone book that weighs like almost as much as me, mm-hmm. set it down, and then you go to the yellow pages, P for pizza. <laughs> well, Reese, you used to work at the hospital when we still had the phone books. Do you remember the pallets of phone books that would be in switchboard for mm-hmm. each department to come oh, get? Oh, yeah. We had these just pallets of phone books <laughs> for the, that each department had to come down and get one. <laughs> when I lived but, in Buffalo still, mm. every year I would still get oh, yeah. a Buffalo, and the Buffalo phone book... Mm-hmm. It's like bigger than the fucking Bible. See, we had the like the Erie County, Niagara County mm-hmm. like phone books at, at work, and yeah, there was there were just like tomes. Yeah, but but uh, so where were we? I lost. Our, oh um, yeah, Ralphie shot his eye out. Yes, Ralphie <laughs> shot his eye out. Um, 
So yeah, he reels back. He's on the floor, like, bah, 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 like flailing around. And Santa, this is so fucking great because Ricky drops the bottle. Mm-hmm. Santa picks it up and is like, "No fucks given." Breaks <laughs> it and then just sticks it. And it was so, like, it, again, the effects in this movie are bad, but the ideas are sound, and some of the execution is okay. Like, it looked fake, him stabbing him in the neck with the bottle. You could tell that it was like Play-Doh. Yeah, like, it was, like, badly done effects with the the actual wound. But when the blood started pumping out of the neck of the bottle, and then Santa holds Ricky's glass, or uh, Ralphie's glass under it and fills it up, I was like, oh, shit! (laughs) Savage as fuck! And then he chokes him with his own blood by pouring the glass of blood booze down his throat this is a this is a really good example of if this movie had a better budget yeah like that would be like the sleeping bag kill in friday Friday the 13th 13th, yes because it's just it you don't see that shit like it's again great idea and who the fuck thinks of something like i'm gonna have Mm -hmm. this guy get stabbed in the neck with a bottle (laughs) and then we're gonna have the blood come out of the bottleneck into a like a fucking goblet of of fire (laughs) into a highball glass and then I'm going to pour it down his throat so he's just like choke. It's like a... It's like a fountain. He's recycling. <laughs> it's like those blood fountains you see at Spirit Halloween. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say fondue, but... Yeah, I mean, I've chocolate, that too. chocolate fountain, but okay. Oh my God. So... So rest in peace, Ralphie. So yeah, Ralph gurgles and slumps to the floor dead. And Santa just stands up and leaves like nothing ever happened. And he does that same thing where he like tilts his head mm-hmm. like... Like it, a confused dog. He's going to move. <laughs> it's that Jason head tilt that so many 80s killers had. Yeah. You know, Leatherface did it in, Leather, in uh, the third Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. And in the second one, actually. But Jason had been doing it forever. You know, it's just that... Hmm. Uh, Michael Myers started that. I think you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He did do that. So Yeah, yeah because he did it in part one. He, yes. That's right. Pins when, the and then he looks the at him at the... Box. Yeah. So yeah. He, I guess he, he originated the... The confused dog head tilt that I always associate with Jason because Jason's been doing it in almost every movie. Yeah. But, oh shit, that's what But Michael cool. Myers was like, yeah, baby. <laughs> he's well, like, he's, he was confused because he's like, is he gonna. He's not moving. Come at anymore. me? No. He, was, he was like, do I want those glasses? Do I not want them? He was really confused on how the hell is a butcher knife stuck in drywall holding this man up? That's what, yeah, that was, that's what he was really yeah, confused about. Mythbusters. <laughs> No, I wish don't, they would have We done don't need Mythbusters. That could not happen. <laughs> I was going to say, I've tried to hang a poster on drywall before. <laughs> Sometimes it don't hang up. It doesn't. But, uh... Now we got Ricky. So, yeah, well, Ralph, Ralphie's dead. So we cut to Ricky at the bar having a drink. He's clearly a bit tipsy. Bradley walks in, sits down next to him, and orders a Coke. What a fucking goody-goody. <laughs> but you know what? Good for him. <laughs> yep. He's had a shit life. Yeah, well, his, his dad was a drunk, so. Yes, his dad was a... Well, that aside, mm-hmm. his dad was burned, yeah. was essentially Ricky from Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, minus the Pop-O-Matic bubble, mm-hmm. died. Many, many, many other people would have gone down a very different road of, of uh, drug and alcohol abuse. Yeah. And he comes into a bar and he's like, excuse me, Coke. I would like a Coke, please. <laughs> and the, the bartender no pulls it out and he's like, a Coca-Cola. <laughs> he gets that giant bag of was it carpet fresh. <laughs> I was gonna say he takes the ice scoop, <laughs> how much, and brings out like 
a meat scale, like you know the ones that like spin. Yeah. I was thinking uh, it was a sleepaway camp three with the the, the baggy carbon fresh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So he sits down next to next to Ricky and orders a coke. Bradley gives Ricky his condolences about Harry's death, but Ricky didn't know, so he understandably freaks out and is upset. Ricky decides to start drowning his sorrows in booze while Bradley helps or watches watches helplessly. So basically, Bradley's like, "Sorry about what happened, to Harry." Now again, how the fuck did he know that Harry's dead already? Well, we're gonna find out. Yeah, that's true. But it's like, at this point, it's like, yeah, we know his mom works at the hospital, but it's like, she needs to shut her fucking mouth. <laughs> like, what the hell? In the 80s, maybe HIPAA wasn't such a big thing. This is true. We this were true. just wee little people. <laughs> and yeah, this is a small think, town. I don't think HIPAA came out until the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe, they were just telling everyone their one's business. Mm-hmm. Good thing there wasn't Facebook back then. <laughs> Jane Doe came in. Did you hear what happened to little Harry Calden? He lost his Harry. <laughs> Harry lost his dick. <laughs> Harry done lost his Richard. But, <laughs> so yeah, Ricky watches kind of helplessly as, as uh, or Bradley watches helplessly as Ricky drowns his sorrows. Eventually, Jess stops in and Bradley gets her to agree to take Ricky home safely and not let him drive. Because Ricky's like, Bradley goes, how are you going to get home? And he's like, oh, my car's going to get me there. <laughs> like he's, he's like, no, you can't drive. He's like, oh, the hell I can't. You know, just being a belligerent drunk. Kind of reminds me of someone we know. Where, mm-hmm. Yeah. I know exactly. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I had the same image. Take the keys away. Mm-hmm. But uh, as the two leave, we see a POV shot of someone watching them as they get in Jess's car. It Only... always feels like somebody's watching me. <laughs> Only this time, we spin the camera around to see it's Bill watching them. Hmm. Jess gets Ricky home and helps him inside. I love how Ricky is just comically drunk in this scene. Like, he's fumbling with his keys. And, like, like it was the same thing when they did the coke. They were like, ooh, I'm so high. Yeah. Like, he's, it's a caricature. Yeah, it's a character being drunk. And then after Ricky is safely inside, she turns to leave. And bam, we get a Bill jump scare. Boogity boogity. <laughs> she just, she's like, what the hell? But we get this back and forth here where Bill catches Jess up on what's happened up to this point. And they're both like... Well, maybe you're the killer. Well, maybe you're the killer. <laughs> well, because she's like, Why? maybe your mom's a killer. <laughs> neener, neener, neener. But yeah, she basically, uh, you know, he tells tells her what's going on, tells her how Sheriff Thompson thinks there might be foul play, and they're trying to keep it quiet. She uh, and you know, he tells her. She asks why he's telling her all this. And he tells her that he just needed to talk to someone, and because she's an outsider these days, just like him, he thought it would be safe. He also goes on to tell her that he wasn't sure if she was the killer, which is why he followed her and Ricky, which of course pisses her off. But then she crosses her arms and he says Mm -hmm. something like, but after the way I saw how you were with him, I knew it couldn't be you. Yeah, and she's like, how do we know it's not you? (laughs) Like, she turns it right back. He's like, oh shit. And I fucking love that. She's (laughs) like, oh, bitch, you gonna accuse me? How about you accuse yourself, motherfucker? How about that? I'm talking to the man in the mirror. Ooh, ooh. It was very catch me outside vibes. It was. <laughs> oh my god, I'm picturing Jess like catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> oh shit. Oh man, but yeah. So he goes. Uh, hold on, I lost my oh, place. Then she gives a big dig because she tells him that he's still the same. I wrote this down. You're still the same spoiled, privileged, rotten little asshole I knew as a kid. Yep. And then he looks like a, if he was a dog, his tail would be between <laughs> his legs. Like, oh. <laughs> like, 
Ellie. Well, because, and, and, and what leads up to that is, like, she kind of softens after he, like, because, you know, he kind of backs down after she accuses him of being the villain. And, you know, he, he kind of, like, you know, apologizes. And, and I love this because, you know, he, he he's like, because she goes, I would have thought the same thing in your shoes. And he's like, oh, okay, you want to go get a drink? Yeah, he's like, oh, we're cool again. <laughs> She's like, fuck no. It's awful what happened to Harry. <laughs> we're still not friends, Bill. As far as I'm concerned, that's where, he's, you know, the whole yeah. you're still the same spoiled little privileged blah, blah, blah. And he's like, but, all right, Jess, go home. Go sleep. <laughs> So she tells him to go home, and if the, yeah, because she says if there is a killer on the loose, no one should be out alone. She gets in her car and drives home, leaving Bill to nurse his wounded pride. On his way back home, he sees a bunch of emergency vehicles outside of Ralph's apartment complex. But as he's walking, mm-hmm. it's almost like he's he's got his hands in his coat pocket, uh-huh. and it's like he's almost like kicking like, like kicking oh, dirt, shucks. like he's kicking the <laughs> snow. Like she hurt my feelings. <laughs> she told me what for. But So he goes running over to investigate what's going on. Thompson sees him and immediately tries to shoo him away from the crowd. This scene is fucking ridiculous because (laughs) sometimes I watch, like, you know I can suspend reality. Yep. But this scene in particular, I'm like, this would never have fucking happened. Nope. No, God, no. Yeah, because Bill sees the paramedics wheeling out a gurney with a body under a sheet along with the county coroner. He then rushes past the police line and yanks the sheet back to reveal the mutilated corpse of his friend, <coughs> where he's quickly tackled to the ground by the cops as the paramedics cover the body back up. What would have what would have made this scene better is if it would have just been like if Ralph had like a tattoo or some kind of identifying right. mark, some kind and of it just like out. hang down. Or what would have made it, like, inappropriately comical uh. is as they tackle him, the gurney tips <laughs> See, now, if this, if this was popular enough to get a parody movie of it, that totally yes. would have happened. And then they would have been, like, fighting with the corpse, and it would have been Weekend and it would have been like, it's like, I love to sing about the moon and the June and the spring. And the whole time blood would be squirting out of the neck hole. Oh, man. Pussy Pete. Like doing the, the I always want to call it pelvic thrust, but it's abdominal thrust because yeah. you can't say Heimlich. Oh, you can't? Why? Because Doctor Heimlich is the one that invented that, but mm. he wanted—I guess—he wanted money to, for it to be called the Heimlich maneuver. Oh, so now you have to call it abdominal thrust. But I never, like, any time I've ever <laughs> taken CPR and first aid, uh. I have never spoken up because I always am like, "That do the pelvic thrust." <laughs> See, I had never even heard that, so I'm still calling it the Heimlich Maneuver all these years. We're going to get sued. Oh, no. What up? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so he's tackled to the ground, and uh, yeah, the medics cover cover Ralph up again. Thompson pulls Bill to his feet, cuffs him, and he's pissed. He throws him in the back of his squad car and closes the door. Thompson then gets back to trying to calm the crowd down. I do love this transition scene, though, because we zoom in on Bill's face as and everything goes silent. We just kind of see the red and blue lights flashing in the reflection of the car window. Smash cut to Sheriff Thompson shoving Bill into his office at the police station. Thompson takes the cuffs off and puts uh, takes the cuff, cuffs off of Bill and pulls Chekhov's whiskey out of his desk drawer and pours himself a drink. The two argue about uh, the way things are going, and we get another big info dump here. So, basically, Thompson is pissed that Bill caused such a commotion, and as he wanted to keep things quiet. Bill thinks that's exactly what the town needed to wake them up so they know what's happening. And, and I love this part because Thompson gets pissed here. He leans in and tells Bill, 
Do you really think those people out there are equipped to handle something like this? We're going to have every nosy Nelly from Mill Creek down to Planters Road seeing their neighbors as possible murderers. The amount of false reports you just handed us is exactly what that sick fuck needs to go undetected. Not to mention, some trigger-happy bitch might just blow the head off his fucking mailman. This town doesn't want to know the ugly truth about life. They want to have their little leave-it-to-beaver lives left unchanged and unchallenged. Let me ask you this. How many of those folks out there tonight who witnessed your little freakout are going to think that you're unhinged? Maybe little Billy Jarvis is the murderer. Oh, I always knew that boy was trouble. Not to mention, if the killer was watching... Uh, watching how things played out tonight, you just put your uh, you just put yourself on his fucking radar if you weren't there already. I was like, oh shit, he told you what for? So then there's a mic drop, and mm-hmm. he picks up his coffee cup and like shoots whatever's left in there back. <laughs> the whiskey, and then go- slams it on the desk. Yup. And then Bill looks like he's realizing, oh, I fucked up. <laughs> like he's got that look on his face, like oh shit. But then he's like, why don't you deputize me? Yeah, because he's like, well, well, let me help. I can help. You know? <laughs> he's like, I'll keep an eye out and report straight to you. You know, and it basically goes, like, there's this little back and forth where Thompson kind of mocks him for that. And then, uh, you know, he seems apprehensive at first, but he realizes he doesn't have the manpower and needs all the help he can get. So Thompson then shows Bill why he considered the story of a uh, possible, why he considered his story of a possible murder in the first place, saying, okay, look, if you're going to help me with this, I'm going to show you something but you're only going to fucking report to me kind of thing. But he shows Bill the crime scene photos by the sledding hill. He points out that the knife in the snow, or points at the knife in the snow and comments how the angle is all wrong. Said if Harry did this to himself, why was the knife handle facing away from Harry? Like someone threw it in the snow next to him. So Bill immediately gets excited thinking this proves everything. But Thompson points out there are no prints, no other footprints, no nothing. Just an oddly angled knife, and that's not anywhere near enough to go on, which is why he's been investigating things himself. He goes on to say that uh, he should have the results of Harry's toxicology report the next day. He then gives Bill a ride back to his parents' house, and uh, as, as they're getting in the car, we get yet another POV shot watching them go. They get, I really wish that he would have turned the lights on Yeah, he's driving him home. <laughs> right. But they then get to the Jarvis house and Sheriff Thompson reminds Bill about the Christmas Eve party the next day and how important it is to the town. He tells him to keep his head down and watch his back. Anything weird, bring it straight to him. Bill agrees and heads inside and Thompson mutters about what a dumbass Bill is and drives away. This is where Act 2 ends, so what are you guys thinking here? Still a fun ride. Still a fun ride? Yeah, yeah. Still enjoying yourself? I, I do like the fact that we got some festive eye trauma. You know, it's my trauma. We got some. We got twitching. dick trauma, eye trauma, burn stunt. Burn stunt. We have a strong female character who's constantly burning Bill. <laughs> oh, yeah. burn! Oh. <laughs> but I personally, I really like Sheriff Thompson. Like he's one of those characters that throughout this entire movie, like every time he's, I mean, it's Tim Thompson, so of course I'm gonna like yeah. him. I don't, I don't trust him. Oh yeah, I mean, he he definitely seems like something's a little shifty about this motherfucker, but I love the character. Okay, so Act 3, December 24th. We see Bill's parents busy in the kitchen, boxing up refreshments and last-minute decorations for the party. Bill's dad, is, uh, read, uh, Bill's dad is reading the morning paper. Dad attempts to comfort Bill before heading out to work. Bill looks at the paper, checking for any news on Harry or Ralph, but is surprised to see that Sheriff Thompson has somehow kept things under wraps still. 
The only thing was a blurb about Harry getting into a quote-unquote sledding accident. Bill grabs his jacket and leaves. Cut to Ricky up on his roof securing one of those big Santa, like the blow mold decorations with the reindeer and all that. And then creepily Chekhov is like... (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah, Chekhov's roof. (laughs) That's going to be my Chekhov thing now. (laughs) Sneaking up behind you. But yeah, so he's up on the roof, you know, getting those, uh, getting that Santa to stay. Bill pulls up and yells up to him. Ricky clearly has a hangover and tells him not to yell. He comes down from the roof, bitching about how the damn Santa won't stay put and keeps falling. He mentions on how it used to be his dad's job ever since, but ever since he passed away, it's fallen to Ricky to put it up since his mom loves it so much. The two chat about what's going on, and Ricky mentions how after Bradley told him about Harry's death, he drank himself into oblivion and vaguely remembers Jess giving him a ride home. Bill is taken back or taken aback upon hearing this uh, that Bradley's the one that told him about Harry. Bill wants to know how the fuck he knew Harry died. When the news still, uh, or I'm sorry, how, how the fuck he, uh, he knew Harry died when the news still hasn't been made public. Ricky reminds him that it's a small town, and Bill waves this off. He goes on to ask if Bradley has, uh, or if Bradley said anything else. Clearly, he doesn't trust him. Ricky seems confused and tells him no. Bill tells Ricky about how Sheriff Thompson wanted to keep this quiet, but he stops himself from telling Ricky about what happened to Ralph. After Bill is satisfied that Ricky doesn't know anything else, he tells him that he'll talk to him later at the party and takes off, leaving Ricky very confused and still hungover. And I love how he's still, like, holding a string of lights. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, what the fuck, dude? (laughs) Like, Like he climbed down, has a string of lights in his hand, and then he's like... All right, see you later. <laughs> Back up the ladder. Yeah, but boop, 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 boop. We cut to Jarvis Hardware. Bill comes in to talk to Bradley and finds him helping old Mrs. Anderson with a folding table. I love how Mrs. Anderson is just rant, like rattling off a metric ton of I like cheese dialogue. It's like, oh, well, maybe we'll put the kitties at this table. And blah, 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 blah. This is for the Bills game on Christmas Eve. <laughs> She's just going on and on. But Bradley takes the table out to her car to load it in while while she pays at the register. Bill follows him out to confront him. Bill asks if he how he knew about Harry's death. At first, Bradley tries to hide it, but after Bill threatens to go to the sheriff, Bradley fesses up that it was his mom that told him. And I was like, man, damn, Mrs. Fuller just needs to shut her up. <laughs> She's talking about everything. But he explains that uh, she knew she knew Bradley and Harry. Or, uh, she knew that Bradley and Harry knew each other but didn't know if they were friends and didn't want him to be blindsided by the news, uh, thinking it would be best coming from her. He goes on to plead with Bill, explaining that it wasn't vicious gossip or anything, and that he would have never said anything in the first place except he thought Ricky knew on the account of that him and Harry were close. He tells Bill that he feels absolutely awful and promises to keep his mouth shut from now on. Now we get a little montage, because, you know, you gotta have Even one. Rocky had a montage. Santa has a montage. <laughs> but... We see the montage of people going about uh, their holiday business. We see Jess walking around the town square with a cup of coffee, just looking at the decorations. She sees the big old golden throne for Santa, and we get a momentary flashback of Mr. Fuller burning and screaming. Mm -hmm. So, did anyone else hate the... Anytime it's bad synth music from now on, I'm just going to call it Disco Santa. Right. Did anyone else hate the Disco Santa version of Carol of the Bells while they were walking, like, doing this montage? Yeah, it was awful. 
Reese was your blood boiling. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, this fucking music. <laughs> Every time we watch a movie that has shitty music, I'm like, I wonder how Reese is feeling about this. <laughs> like, do you mute the parts and just leave the subtitles on? Or do you just curse our names? Like, these motherfuckers making me watch this. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, there we go. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, so she, she sees the... We get the flashback of, of Mr. Fuller burning and a close-up on young Jess's shocked face. Back to the present, Jess kind of, like, pinches her nose and shakes her head. I love it because she's like, <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. And then goes back about her day. Cut to Bill sitting in his car watching his dad's store. He sees Bradley leave for the day and follows him at a distance. Like, follows him to his house. Bradley pulls in his driveway and starts unloading things from his trunk. We see a, pa- a pair of black buckled boots and a duffel bag. Bradley accidentally spills the bag, and we see what looks to be a Santa suit. He quickly shoves it back into the bag and heads inside. Hmm. After seeing this, Bill heads straight to the police station, barges in right past Sims, who's just like, oh, oh, oh. like he's got that, like, comical look on his face. It's very cartoonish when he barges in, because, like, the way he opens the door, it's like, he he uses his entire forearm and, like, slams it against the wall, (laughs) and then you expect there to be, like, this like white halo around him like ha and cue awesome guitar riff like yes. <laughs> but now like and sims is looking like what 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 and bill just barges into thompson's office because you know fuck the police <laughs> we get another big and picture of ece being like fuck the police <laughs> exactly so bill tells thompson that uh he thinks bradley is involved something that thompson finds incredibly unlikely he also admits here that uh, not only did he confront Bradley, but that he followed him home and saw that he had a Santa suit. Thompson is pissed on both accounts. He already explained to Bill once to come directly to him, and two, not to say anything. Thompson figures Bradley was telling the truth, that he knew uh, knew about Harry because... Little bit, I'm sorry. Thompson says he figures that Bradley was telling the truth and knew about Harry because of his mother. And as for the Santa suit... He, uh, he's carrying on the tradition that his father started play, uh, by playing Santa for the annual party all those years ago. We find out here that for the last several years, Mr. Jarvis played Santa while Bradley was just too young. Um, this will be important a little later. He also comments that even if he wasn't playing Santa, half the men in this town have a Santa suit, so it wouldn't be weird under any circumstance. Which I also kind of, find, kind of found weird because all I kept thinking about is rare exports. I'm like... Do, do, do they all dress up like Santa and run through the hills? Like, what's going run on? Run through the hills. You just see a bunch of Santas running, but no pants. <laughs> you along Dick swinging. swings for your life. <laughs> exactly. Helicopter dip. Helicopter dip. <laughs> oh, shit. We also find out here that the toxicology report did indeed come back. And Thompson tells Bill that Harry was murdered with bleach. It was... Bleach poisoning. <laughs> Not Clorox, but bleach. <laughs> it would have been better if it would have been like Clorox belch. <laughs> Clorox belch, yes. It's not bleach, but belch. Or, cl- I don't know, something, <laughs> some variation of Clorox. Like, did either of you watch The Big Bang Theory? Years ago, yeah. So I, Shane just, and I recently rewatched it, mm-hmm. and... All of the beverages that they drink in the yep. cafeteria are name brand, but there's like one letter different. <laughs> yeah. So we don't have to pay to have that brand yep. on. And like the logo is just slightly different. Mm-hmm. So you can get away with it under parody law. Yep. <laughs> but 
So uh, Bill freaks out wanting to do something about this, but Thompson calls him down, or calms him down, reminding him that there is a killer on the loose and that they need to catch him. He tells Bill that the best thing they can do is go to the party, be with his family, or best thing he can do is go to the party, be with his family, and watch his back. If he sees anything or anyone suspicious, he's to report straight away to Thompson and not get involved. Do not... I wrote it down. You do not investigate it yourself, and you sure as fuck don't confront anyone. Yep. Well, because he's like, dude, you're going to get killed. <laughs> like, stop, stop sticking your nose out there. But Bill begrudgingly agrees and leaves. Cut to Ricky's house. We see Ricky bringing his very elderly mother some tea as she mindlessly watches TV. She's totally like Mamra, the ever living. <laughs> Just this poor little old lady. She kind of looks like Mamra too. <laughs> but, like her, she's so old that her skin is transparent. Right. You can see she looks all like a cave things. dwelling fish. <laughs> seen the light in 58 years but i'm watching my stories bring me my tea oh my god but ricky tells his mom that he's gonna go get ready for the party and heads upstairs to get dressed ricky's in his room changing his shirt when suddenly plastic santa jump scare and Chekhov jumps off santa and then but I love that because I, I got to admit, I actually did jump when it just whacks into the window. I was like, oh, hey, oh that's stupid. <laughs> like, I got mad because I jumped. But, <laughs> so Ricky gets pissed because he sees Santa hanging there by a string of lights. He gets his boots on, goes and grabs the ladder from the garage and heads up to the roof to fix the decorations. Because the funniest thing is after that happens, he's like, son bitch! <laughs> <laughs> he's like, grumble, grumble, grumble. And I apologize. They don't all have those accents. That's just... How we're portraying it. Yeah. (laughs) But, so he gets the ladder, climbs up there. While he's trying to to get the Santa to stay put, we see a POV shot kind of peek around from behind the chimney, like, peek (laughs) up I wrote that. Yep, same. (laughs) We see, uh, you know, it starts, like, coming toward Ricky really fast. So a hand suddenly grabs Ricky uh, by the face. (laughs) He wraps a string of Christmas lights around his neck. Then kicks him in the back, sending Ricky tumbling off the roof where he's hung by Christmas lights. Okay, I have a question. And I know suspend (laughs) belief. Mm -hmm. They ain't going to hold a human body. Thank you. Yeah. No, I thought the same thing. I'm like, there ain't no fucking way. He would have fallen down and broken his legs. But see, I said the exact same thing in Silent Night, Deadly Night when, fucking, was it Bill or, what is, what is uh, Santa, was it Billy? Billy. Yeah. Yeah, when Billy, like, Picks the dude, the rapey yes. guy, with the string. He's just like naughty, pun. It's like, like wait a second, would, you would not die from that. And and, they, and and that one, those were like those cheap dollar store lights, like the little like icicle bulbs. No, his mother spared no expense. Oh no, I meant in, in silent. Right, right, right. No, right, no, right. this one they, they were them big fat fucking bulbs. Yes, <laughs> we had those on our tree when I was little. Oh, I love those. I love those bulbs. Too bad they're fire hazards, and right. we all know I'm 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 fire Sensible. marshal Susie. <laughs> Sensible footwear, fire marshal, you know. But, uh, so yeah, so bye-bye, Ricky. Real quick, so Shane and I are watching True Blood, Mm -hmm. and the episode we watched last night, one of the characters turned, there's three candles on the bathroom vanity, Uh character turns off the light, walks into the bedroom, turns off the light, and gets to bed. I'm like, what the fuck, you want your house to burn down? Well, that's like, what did, um, oh, you, you, did you guys both watch Terrifier 2? Yes. Okay. 
the the scene where the girl goes to bed with all the candles lit. I, and I mean, clearly it pays off, but it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, I get it, you're a nice team, but no. Fire hazards, not sensible footwear, mm-hmm. and fucking open, fucking open windows. <laughs> no screens on the windows. Screens are storm windows in this case. <laughs> yes, and, and winter storm windows. But, yeah, so bye-bye, Ricky. He, he done hung to death. And uh, I, I love how he just kind of, like, hangs against the window at the same way that the Santa Claus was hanging there. It almost looks like he's sad because his neck is bent down. <laughs> yeah, and like he's, he's just moment. like, I'm dead. <laughs> I'm dead and I'm sad about it. <laughs> and then, of course, we see, you know, plastic face Santa just staring at him from the edge of the roof. And then we hear his poor mom scream, and she didn't do anything. Yeah, because Santa climbs down the ladder, and we see him go inside the house. And it it does the pan away. Like, we're, we're kind of panning away from the house, and yeah, we hear... Old lady scream, so she did. Um, well, we don't know that just yet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> come on. The woman, if she moved too fast, her skin would break, and then everything. Like, if she it moved would just too shatter. fast, it would shatter, and then she'd be just like. She's like, <laughs> her skin's made out of phyllo dough. It's like. I was going to say communion wafer. It's just like, if you move wrong, it just crinkles and shatters. Phyllo dough is a good thing, yes. <laughs> but. Now we cut to the Christmas party where we get a montage similar to the one at the beginning with people happily milling about kids seeing Bradley Santa and getting their photos taken. We zoom in on Bill and his parents. His parents are enjoying themselves while Bill looks nervous and jumpy. Jess comes up to Bill to talk. She asks him if he's seen Ricky yet and, he exp- and she explains that she can't find him anywhere. Did she have like cookies or something from her mom or something like that? It was for some, his... She had yeah. some kind of goodies to give to his parents. Yeah, basically like non-important, I Bad have this goodies. item. Bad goodies, Bad <laughs> goodies, Bad goodies. Exactly, just like that. <laughs> but, so Bill comments, uh, <clears throat> Bill comments on the time and says that it's odd that Ricky's not there yet. So the two decide to go and look for him. Because it's quarter after seven, it's very late. It's very late for them, yes. So... <laughs> They're in their 20s. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, the party ain't going to last all that's, night. That's true. Because it's thrown by a bunch of old people who right. are be in bed by 9.30, I mean, o'clock. it's Christmas Eve. They Raise your hand. Home. Exactly. Well, I, I'm up all night, but that's because I work nights. Well, uh, we'll just invert your schedule. Exactly. So then it, I would be. Yes. <laughs> Which I'm still trying to do because, you know, Christmas. I'm trying to... 10 o'clock in the morning, you're like, it's past my bedtime. <laughs> exactly. But so Jess begrudgingly agrees to go with Bill and they, you know, even though she still can't stand him, which is pretty clear. So we get a montage of the crowd as they look for Ricky and we just see like all the town's men dressed in like some variation of Santa. Some of them just have like the hat and the beard and others are like full blown like fucking Harry from Christmas Evil just like, murr, 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 like <laughs> full on like you put too much work into that buddy. Um, so, you know, we're kind of seeing that but no Ricky anywhere. Bill notices Thompson also scanning the crowd and looks a little relieved. Eventually, Bill suggests that they take a drive to Ricky's house to make sure everything is okay. Jess is hesitant, but agrees. So we get a POV shot of someone from the crowd watching them as they leave. Dun-dun-dun. Cut to Bill and Jess pulling up to Ricky's house. The power is out and everything is dark. Like, the whole area is, like, pitch black. This is so Scooby-Doo. Mm-hmm. Because Bill's like, um, I don't like this. And Jess is like... Maybe, the Maybe there out. is a power outage. <laughs> He's like, no one else has power out. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's the same thing. Well, they don't want people to know that they're... They want people to know they're not home. They're like, stay away from our house. <laughs> but 
So they head over to, to Ricky's house to investigate and find the door wide open. They nervously go inside, calling out for Ricky and his mom. I love how Bill's like, hello! <laughs> Mrs. Watkins! But inside we see the, uh, like a dim glow coming from the living room. So it looks like the fireplace. They head toward the living room and bam, we see Ricky's mom with her throat slit, like her throat slashed and hung next to the stocking. She it's... was hung by the chimney with care. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Jess screams and falls back. Bill tells her they have to get to the sheriff right away. And they take off toward the front door, but suddenly the lights kick on. They look around confused, and they now see Ricky's corpse hung from the roof. So I understand that the lights at their house were off. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me the street lights, I know, the right? neighbor's lights, they didn't see a fucking well, cor- They Okay, maybe they f- thought it was Santa. Well, also to be fair, they kind of lived at the end of the road near the woods. So it was kind of like from one side. It would, But yeah, you would definitely see it. <laughs> like with all the... Because it's only 7.15 and there are other lights. Is well, anybody home? It's like they have blinders on. Well, remember, we talked about this in horror movies before. Everyone can only see what's directly in front of them. Yes. They can't see what's true. below them. They can't see what's off camera. Unless they lift their head up. <laughs> yep. Or to side to side. <laughs> exactly. So it's like exercising. <laughs> so, of course, you know, they see hanging Ricky and scream bloody murder. Um, I lost my plane. Yeah, okay, so Bill looks toward the car and we see Santa standing there with an axe. He then looks at, he looks at them for a moment and starts fucking running at them. That always freaks me out in movies when the killer is just like moving quietly and calmly and then suddenly they fucking haul ass at you. I'm like, nope, don't want any part of that. <laughs> I don't like bullet train Santa. That's not okay. Every time you mention something like that, I think about the time we went to the haunted house <laughs> and I was right behind you and then Leatherface came out. <laughs> and I was like, nope. And you took off and it was literally like in a cartoon, like my legs went out from out under me and I was like, <laughs> like I was your cape. Thank <laughs> you. I hear a chainsaw and I'm, I'm gone. More, I thought I was bad. Maurice is just as bad as I am. <laughs> Picking up Danielle. We'll always mention that on the show. <laughs> Blacklight, you and little Mike. <laughs> oh God, that one was great. They had fun in the car before they got in line. Or she just done wash her clothes. <laughs> oh man, but anyway, maybe he pooped on her other shirt, and she was like, oh. "This one's in the back seat." Ew. All right. Anyway, grody. <laughs> but so yeah, Santa just comes running straight at him. Bill shoves Jess inside and slams the door, trying desperately to hold it shut against the killer Santa. Suddenly an axe bursts through the door right next to Bill's face. He lets go of the door and they run upstairs as Santa kicks the door in. Kind of reminded me of Here's Johnny. Oh, of course. But it was so... Badly done? Yes. And I'm fairly certain they did not have the budget to do multiple takes. So they probably just had like a cheap fake door and a real axe. <laughs> so And there was a line in in the wood that we couldn't see. Yeah. So if he, even the nose went past, yeah. I'm like, goodbye. Bill would have been fucked. <laughs> so they, they run up to the uh, to Ricky's room and try to barricade themselves in as best they can, but Santa starts immediately chopping open the door. Their only option is the window. Bill tries to force Jess to jump, but she's freaking out. This is the one time where storm windows are screens. (laughs) Yep. The only time, mark it down, December 25th, 2022. It's the only one where it's okay. Yep. (laughs) But only this window. Right. The rest of the house, damn it. This is a means of egress. But that's the thing. It's not super high up, but that still would have fucking hurt. Oh, yeah. It was high enough where you would have hurt yourself. 
but just starts to climb out the window, freaking out as Santa breaks in, runs at them and slams his axe into the window frame, just missing Bill. Jess falls out of the window, grabbing Ricky's hanging corpse, which I'm sorry, I started cackling when that happened. Because she, like, grabs him and then starts, like, sliding down as she's trying to hold him. the whole thing falls. Because she's, like, at his knees, and then it finally falls. It's like, whoop. Two bodies was too much for the Christmas lights. And Jess was not a big girl either. No. Oh, my God. Oh, but so... Bill runs out of the room while Santa tries to get his axe out of the window frame. He rushes out the front door, grabs Jess, and they run to the car. We see Santa watching them from the window as they drive away. Cut to Bill and Jess arriving back at the party where there's a huge commotion. They see emergency vehicles everywhere. They get out uh, get out and make their way over to Sheriff Thompson, who immediately holds them back. Bill tries to explain what had happened, but Thompson cuts, cuts him off, uh, explaining that there's been an accident. Turns out Bradley had to leave to take his mom home, who'd had a few drinks too many. So Mr. Jarvis sat in his Santa while he was gone. Mm. Somehow a fire started, just like Mr. Fuller at the beginning of the flick, and Mr. Jarvis was burned. Bill and Bill's like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> He's like, someone burned my dad. Like, <laughs> they burned your dad. They took her germs. I love my burnt dad. <laughs> my half-dead burnt dad. Oh, God. <laughs> I love my dead gay son. <laughs> that's what I, that's, what, that's why I started losing it. That was... I love my dead oh, gay son. Oh, Heathers. That's such a good movie. That actually would fit on this show. It, it really would. But, so, uh, yeah, so basically we find out that, that he was burned. Bill understandably freaks out, and Thompson tells him that he'll give him a ride to the hospital as we see the ambulance speed off with his dad and his mom. Jess and Bill climb into Thompson's car and take off. While in the car, Bill and Jess explain what happened at Ricky's house and how they were attacked by the killer. Uh, but they have no idea who he was due to the, the suit and the mask. We, we see that for a moment there, Thompson looks at Bill like, you fucking bitch, you told her. <laughs> like, but then she, you know, she explains that there was a killer there and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. he realizes, oh shit, like he's actually after these people. So we see the car arrive at the hospital and where we cut, uh, we then cut to the waiting room where we see Bill, Jess, and Miss Jarvis waiting for, waiting for the news. Doctor comes up and explains that Mr. Jarvis may not make it through the night, that his burns are extremely severe, but the, you know, they can come see him now. So they take him back to critical care. Uh, Bill and mom go into the room while Jess waits in the waiting room. Uh, we see in dad's room just how fucked up he is. He's all bandaged. He looks like a fucking mummy. He's hooked up to all sorts of monitors and tubes. Mom immediately starts crying on her son. All the sound fades out except for the beeping of the monitors. Uh, we cut outside to the hospital, or cut outside of the hospital. We see a POV shot of someone watching two paramedics. This is where, like, this movie has moved at a good clip, mm-hmm. but this is really where it's like, oh fuck, oh, the shit, shit, is so bad. shit is going down because mm-hmm. that POV, it's like we as soon as that happens, like it just doesn't stop. And so, because yeah, we see the two paramedics uh, that brought Mister Jarvison standing in the ambulance bay talking. <laughs> Talking about how bad the smell was. Oh, wait, no, there is more eye trauma. This is true. Yes. Yes. This is eye trauma right here. Oh, there's more eye trauma after this, too. Yes. Um, But, yeah. (laughs) So, we see the POV shot, like, rush toward the two paramedics who are talking about how how burnt dad smelled like bacon. Um, The POV... uh, It moves so fast, it's mm. almost like you expect an animal. Yeah, it's like... like, It just... (laughs) Someone let go of the dolly cam and just rolled really fast. Yes. <laughs> and, oh, like curling. And yeah. <laughs> and it was like. 
but so we see someone grab one of the medics by the head and just fucking jam a candy cane hook deep into his eye. Like, that was fucked up. You just see the pointed candy cane and then bloop, right down in his eye socket. And then Santa grabs the other one's jaw and, like, almost twists it off his face. Well, yeah, because the dude goes to scream and as soon as his mouth opens, he just, it's like he jams his hand in and grabs his jaw and just pulls down, breaking it. I was like, Jesus You're- Christ. People are not Pez dispensers. <laughs> he tried to turn him into one. <laughs> oh, he then takes an axe out and hacks the second paramedic to death. He gets the axe to the face. So then Santa walks into the ER dragging the bloody axe. Cut to Jess sitting in the waiting room. Over the PA, a voice announces code silver to the emergency room, and we see security guards go running past Jess. Jess hears a scream and looks around nervously. Suddenly, a nurse runs through the doors from the ER, blood all across her face, and tells Jess to run. Santa comes in right behind her and lops her head off clean with his axe. That's some Michael Myers shit right there. But that beheading was fantastic. It was. Her, her skin tone changed. Her face was like... <laughs> it was just a different color beige <laughs> than the rest of her body. It was like... Here's a normal human skin color. Here is clearly a mannequin. Oh, it, was it was like bad. the very end of, of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, with the yes. bomb. It was very bad. And the eyes were very big and buggy. <laughs> so Jess screams and runs. Santa just gives that confused dog look and watches before slowly chasing after her. Back in Mr. Jarvis's room, Bill is hearing the commotion and looks scared. A nurse is arguing with someone right outside the room telling them they can't go in. Suddenly, Jess pushes her way into the room while the nurse threatens to go get security and runs off. And I love this because Jess is like, fuck up! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's pissed. So, Jess quickly fills in uh, Bill that the killer is there and murdering everyone and they need to go. And as if on cue, we hear the nurse scream from down the hall. Bill looks out into the hall and sees Santa holding the limp nurse by her collar with her eyes dangling on the sides of her head after being plucked out. More festive eye trauma. I like how they were dangling like like little uh, freaking tinsel pieces, just like doo doo. <laughs> you know what they reminded me of is a ball and paddle. I was just kind of yes. <laughs> like when we were kids. Yes, just dangling on the side of her head. But Bill quickly tries to lock the door, but Santa wastes no time in shattering the window. Uh, that Luba, I'm sorry. Yeah, Santa wastes no time shattering the window of the door as Bill try er, and, and then tries to unlock it. Bill attempts to stop him, but Santa slashes his arm with a scalpel and pushes the do- or pushes in the door. He goes straight for Mrs. Jarvis and begins choking her out. <laughs> He's just like, fuck you. But her face, her tongue was hanging out and she was like, uh. <laughs> just lolling back and forth. <laughs> Bill screams and tackles Santa into the hallway, thudding Santa's head on the floor, dazing him. Bill quickly gets his mom and Jess and they take off down the hall. Suddenly they hear a whistle and look back. We see Santa pull a fucking Molotov cocktail out of his pocket. Where the fuck did that come from? He fucking pulls it out of his pocket, lights it, and throws it. Poor dad gets burned to get twice baked dad. He's literally like a fucking potato. But not as tasty. (laughs) Well, we don't know that. (laughs) Uh, They did say he smelled like bacon, so... (laughs) Well, now the banquet is is overcooked. It's burnt. Oh, my God. And then Bill's like, it's almost in slow motion because he's like, no. (laughs) Oh, my 
my god. I laughed so fucking hard when he got... Like, I know it wasn't supposed to be funny, but it's like, dude, you already burned him once. Like, let him die. Well, he did. But by burning him again? It's brutal. Oh, my God. But Jess pulls Bill and Mrs. Jarvis away as they're both freaking out, and the group heads heads back into the ER. And Santa follows. This scene is just fucking awesome because we just see the carnage of Santa's rampage. It's just, a fucking bloodbath. Just dead bodies everywhere. Dead bodies everywhere! Fucking <laughs> patients dead in their bed, nurses dead, doctors dead. Like, I like the one that they pan to and he has the scalpels up his nose. <laughs> yeah. One in his eye, one in his ear, and then they, it like pans down and you see that there's clearly one in his dick. Yep. No, Santa fucked him up. He's like, oh, he got fucked up. Oh, my God. It was crazy. But How did so, they get money for all those scalpels? <laughs> right? <laughs> they just, like, made a bunch of cardboard ones and painted them silver. <laughs> I mean, with this budget, I'm sure. Oh, my God. It was God. Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> so they move through the ER and out of the ambulance bay, and bam, there's Sheriff Thompson. They quickly tell him what's happening, and he tells him to wait there while he goes inside to investigate with his gun drawn. And I'm like, dude, you see the dead paramedics right there. They're covered in blood, freaking out. Just go. Leave. Get out of here. And so there's this extremely tense moment where just everything is silent aside from like a low humming noise. And Thompson comes back out looking pale and disgusted. He tells him to get in the car, and they're going back to the station to call this in. He's like, we need help. So they cut to them arriving at the police station. Thompson tells them to lock the doors and stay there as he's going to go to his office and call for a backup. Just when you thought shit couldn't get even crazier, it's mm-hmm. about to. <laughs> so Thompson goes in there. Uh, he's, he's making a phone call. A few moments later, Thompson comes back out to the main lobby telling them that, uh, that the, all they need to do is wait for backup. He comments on what a mess this is and takes a drink from his flask and then says, I never would have expected all this to, go, to get so goddamn messy. Bill's eyes widen. He turns to see Thompson with his gun drawn, and he says, better watch out, Bill. And I was like, ah, he said the thing! He said the name! <laughs> like when we saw Maximum Overdrive, <laughs> and everyone's like, ah, he said the title! Anytime that happens, <laughs> I, this no. is a clear and present danger. It's like, yes. <laughs> he said the thing! But this, this part, like, I was fucking cracking up. This is oh like Toxic Avenger Watermelon yes. caliber. Because he fucking shoots Mrs. Jarvis's face off. And like it was her head like, explodes. It was like, so has every, if everyone has, anyone has seen Scanners, mm-hmm. it's like that beginning scene, but yep. without the buildup and all like flesh colored watermelon with like googly eyes. <laughs> That's what it, it reminded me of. And it's so quick. Like it plays like, it, it's like the, the Dawn of the Dead head explosion where yes. it's like you blink, you miss it. But, like, I could, I had to rewind it because I was laughing so fucking hard. Because he just, you better watch out, Bill. Blammo! <laughs> just Bob's head's like, splark. Just, it's gone. Splark. That's a new sound effect. <laughs> splark. Yep. It's ch- it's chunky splork. <laughs> uh, but I love how... <laughs> Bill's like, what? Wait, what the fuck just happened? I just watched my dad get burned twice. And, and now my mama's head is a watermelon. With her tongue just going... Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and the sheriff's just like, well, now that's a tale. <laughs> well, he goes, 
I love how, like, all of the sound drains out of the scene just replaced by ringing. We can see that Jess is clearly screaming and Thompson is laughing. Bill's just looking around the room wide-eyed in shock. Suddenly the sound kind of whooshes back in. We hear Jess screaming and Thompson laughing. Thompson threatens to shoot Jess if she doesn't shut the fuck up, and she does. Bill stammers asking why, and Thompson tells him to wait until they're all there. Suddenly there's a knock on the door. Thompson unlocks it, letting in Killer Santa Claus! Thompson locks the door with a smile and says, Good, now the gang's all here. We can have our little parlor scene, as it were. Thompson smiles at Santa, who pulls off his mask and reveals himself. Dun-dun-dun! Bradley Fuller. Yep. As in, in case you couldn't see that one coming. That I, so I did definitely see this coming, because yeah. I thought it was too obvious mm-hmm. that he, that they were trying to make him not be the killer mm-hmm. and i've seen enough horror where yep a lot of times the obvious obvious one really is the one exactly yeah and well what about you reese did you did you see bradley as the killer or thompson or no i thought they made him too innocent who bradley yeah so you didn't think he was gonna be the killer no i see? didn't see thompson but we're gonna find out the time i saw thompson see that's the thing it's funny because i didn't see thompson come like, that was the one that got me, too. Yeah, no, so. I saw Bradley because I just thought it was too yeah, it's, convenient. It, it reminded me of uh, Scream 2, where, what's his name? Um, was that the one with Mrs. Um, yeah, Mrs. Billy's mother? Billy's mom, but the other guy, like, because Billy's mom was, like, the big <gasps> surprise. Timothy Elephant. Yeah, but his, like, he played kind of that crazy character throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like they really wanted you to think he was the killer, only to pay off as he is really the killer. Yeah. So... That's kind of what it reminded me of. But, um, so now we get this huge info dump. We find out that this entire thing was simply about revenge. We find out that Thompson is Brad's uncle. His, uh, his mother is Thompson's little sister. He reveals that 10 years ago, when he was a, uh, you know, a beat cop, he saw his, uh, his, uh, he saw his brother-in-law go up in flames and Bill and his friends run away. They later found the remnants of the firecrackers and had the evidence to bring them to justice. But... Bill's dad was friends with the chief of police and mayor, and they weren't about to screw up his life on the on account of the town drunk and a prank gone horribly wrong. Besides, the Fullers were poor white trash, so who cares what happened to them? So we can see kind of why Mr. Jarvis maybe felt a little bad for the, the Fuller family, knowing that his son was part of something like this. Yeah. Um, so they swept it all under the rug, and everyone went on with their lives. He goes on to explain that the hardships his sister faced caring for her husband, goes on to explain about the hardships his sister faced caring for her husband until the day he died, while Bill and his friends just went on to lead happy, normal lives. That is, until they came, until their lives started coming to an end. Um, I love how Bradley is just like, I really enjoyed burning your dad twice. <laughs> like, that was it's like, so, oh, shit. The way he delivers it reminds yeah. me of Anthony, like, this was really well done. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins as Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, it was just that that calm. That like, calm, very matter-of-fact, like, mm-hmm. you and I are just having a conversation and I'm telling you what's going on. Yeah. Now, Bradley was creepy once, like, once he let the mask slip, he was he was creepy. Yeah. Um, but, and I love that. Because <laughs> then Sheriff Thompson's like, because Bill wants to punch Bradley. <laughs> and Sheriff Thompson's like, aw, Bill, don't be grumpy. Yeah. Well, because he goes to lunch, he goes to lunch <laughs> Thompson shoots him in the shoulder, dropping him. 
And then Jess, you know, again, Jess is the smart one. She sees her chance. She grabs the phone and clocks Thompson in the face and runs to the bathroom to lock herself in. Bradley grabs his axe and goes after her. I love how exasperated or exasperated he sounds where he's just like, oh, come on, Jess, don't be like this. It's Christmas. <laughs> Thompson spits out come blood. Come out and celebrate. <laughs> Thompson spits out blood and is pissed. So he boots Bill in the face, knocking him out. Take that, cracker. <laughs> just boots him in the jaw. Right. But we see Jess attempt to get out the window in the bathroom as Bradley busts in. He sees her half out the window, swings his axe, and catches her in the leg. Such a trope. Out. Oh, yeah. And she, where she falls out of the, the window into the alley. but with And the then she limps leg. away. Yep. Like a gazelle. So, the, God, I mean, how many other fucking slasher movies have we seen? At least, there have been at least a few. <laughs> Definitely in a Friday the 13th. Yeah, I was going to say, I yeah. think My Bloody Valentine that happened. Um... There's In one of the Halloween movies, I feel like there was... At least oh, there was definitely a few times yeah. where, where Jamie Lee was dragging a leg. <laughs> <laughs> this is my, my good leg. This is my gimper leg. <laughs> but, so she falls out the window. and uh, you Into know, an alley. Yeah, of right, all fucking places. The alley behind the police station. <laughs> she couldn't have fallen into a dumpster full of, like, fluffy garbage bags. <laughs> Just like, boom, right. dirty pavement. But she then takes her coat off and ties it around her bloody leg, pulls it as tight as she can, and then starts to stumble down the alley trying to escape. Back inside, Bradley walks past Thompson, explains that Jess got out, but she's wounded, and he'll go get her. Thompson gets pissed, telling him they need to wrap this up. Bradley walks out back and starts calling out to Jess in a sing-song voice, all happily like, Oh, Jessica! (laughs) He's just so happy about it. Inside, Thompson holsters his gun and takes another drink from his flask, mumbling about how sloppy Brad is. Bill wakes up, notices the sheriff isn't looking, grabs his leg, and bites as hard as he can, drawing blood. Thompson screams and drops his flask. He goes to pull his gun. Bill grabs the flask and hits him in the face with you it. You son bitch! <laughs> I love... <laughs> Fucking Thompson has got wailed in the face with a phone and a flask. But Bill gets up and runs to Thompson's office and locks the door. Several bullets burst through the windows of the office, tr- like, chasing after him as Bill drops to the ground. And the sheriff at this point is so desperate. He's like, you you little fucker. Mm-hmm. You broke my goddamn nose. He was so pissed. Like, what? 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 <laughs> He's clearly un- just as unhinged as Bradley is. Stay on task. <laughs> There's no need for name calling. That's bullying. Exactly. Back in the alley, we see Jess hiding behind a dumpster, holding a piece of wood as a weapon, looking terrified. Bradley's, what is she going to do, stake him? Oh, she's going to do something. But Bradley is coming down uh, coming down the alley, calling for her mockingly. Jessica, come and out, come out wherever you are. And smacking the cans with his axe. <laughs> Just, ugh. It's, it, honestly, it was kind of creepy. But he taunts her, telling her that if she comes out now, he can make it quick. But if she doesn't, he's going to take his time carving her up. He's going on basically saying how he would prefer that way. You know, that he'll start with her fingers, see how long it takes for her to pass out. Um, back inside, we see Thompson loading his gun, telling Bill how he has nowhere to run and that it's over. Bill reaches in Thompson's desk, grabs the bottle of whiskey, clearly got some inspiration from Santa Claus here, rips off some of his shirt and makes a makeshift Molotov. Like, you're going to burn my dad? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to burn, burn you. I'll burn your uncle, bitch. So 
Thompson kicks at the door. Bill likes the bottle and hits him with it before he, before he has a chance to react. He goes up quick. Like, he was, like, made out of tissue paper. Because he drank all that fucking whiskey. That's true. He's very flammable. He probably spilled some on himself, too. So it's like Sheriff Flambe. He just was like, whoosh. But drops his gun, screaming. I was like, man, there's a lot of fire in this flick. Bill picks up the gun and runs out of the building as Thompson falls over dead. So bye-bye, Sheriff Thompson. Back in the alley, Bradley is taunting Jess, uh, telling her that her and her friends deserve this for what they did. It's eye for an eye. He slams his axe into a pile of boxes right near where Jess is hiding, and we get the obligatory cat jump scare as an alley cat jumps out, startling Bradley. Jess seizes her chance once again, jumps out, and cracks Bradley in the face with the board. The board breaks and staggers him back. We see a gash across his forehead as blood runs down his face. He reaches up, touches the blood, and he's like, you fucking bitch. He snarls and raises the axe to kill her. Bill yells for her to get down. She drops to the ground. We see Bill standing directly behind her. Shoots Bradley right between the eyes with Thompson's gun. Bradley falls face first to the pavement, dead. Bill helps Jess up to her feet. She hugs him, crying. We pan up as snow lightly falls on the scene and the credits roll. The end. Only thing that would have been better because they were in the alley with all the garbage. Mm. It's garbage day! As he <laughs> shoots Bradley between the eyes. I'm taking out the trash. <laughs> like some kind of one-liner. But, I okay, so final thoughts. I absolutely love that there was no romantic relationship between Jess and Bill, like the two survivors. Yeah. You know, because in, in these types of movies, there always is that. So it's kind of refreshing to not see that. And For like, them to still hate each other. Yeah, it's like but they maybe, survived, but... Maybe she'll respect him a little bit because he saved her life, but she's still like... Still like, you ruined my life, fuck you, you know? Shoo-shoo. No final girl. Nope, no, there really wasn't. I mean... No, it's, there were no dim titties. Yeah, there was dick, but no dim titties. I'm well, sorry. Well, to be fair, it was fake severed dick. But It was fake <laughs> severed dick, but I would have preferred, like... I don't know. I prefer dem titties to dem dick. Yeah. To that dick. <laughs> to that dick. In in horror movies. Right. Just because I think that's silly. Yeah. And maybe that's because I grew up watching 80s horror movies where dem titties were so prevalent. Yeah. Well, so I actually just saw someone talking about this on one of the many horror movie groups I'm part of, where they were talking about 80s slasher and nudity in 80s slasher movies, and how it, because it was never played as something that was supposed to be dirty. It was always just like part of the the stuff that happened in these movies. And all of the women in these movies seemed excited to get their gear off just as much as the guys were. Right. So it felt like everybody was kind of just like, hey, yeah, everyone's happy about this. We're all into it. It never felt filthy or wrong. You Didn't know? we have this conversation with Omei before? I think so. Okay. We were talking yeah. about this kind of like, stuff. Like I don't I don't find that offensive. Yeah. Like women getting Not nude at all. in it, well, it's like we just discussed in rare exports here in the United States. We're the we're the only country yeah, because I was like old man dick. Mm. <laughs> we're the only ones that are uptight about nudity, right? You know, like everywhere else is just like fuck it, it's nakedness. Who cares? <laughs> you know. But so, what? What? Any final thoughts on this one, guys? If I'm probably not going to watch this again, just mm-hmm. because it is not streaming anywhere and very bad quality. It was very bad quality, but I feel like. I hope that a bigger producer mm-hmm. would look at this and maybe pick it up 
and yeah. redo it with a better a better budget. This is rife for a remake. This is something that yes, because think of the special effects, the CGI that we have today. Right, like what you that, could do with it. that those burn scenes could have been way better. The the, dang, <laughs> the dangly eyeballs, the dangly eyeballs. Like I think mm-hmm. of Hostel. Mm-hmm. Like even that movie, it was much right. Well, that wasn't so long ago, but if this that shit was like in the early two thousands, yeah, we're we're, we're old. Oh. <laughs> I know we're like it wasn't that long ago, damn near twenty years ago. But if this movie was remade with a higher budget, I think that it really would do well in mm-hmm. the box office. To even if it was limited release, oh yeah, because oh. think about it, movies that have limited release. Mm-hmm. The more limited it is and the more hyped it is, the right. more people are going to want to seek it out. This is true. So it could make a lot of money. Could you imagine seeing this with a crowd? Oh like, my God. The, Terrors. <laughs> the, the dick trauma and the secondary burn, I think, would get huge laughs. And all the candy cane eye trauma, just yeah. the dangly eyeballs. Well, I mean... Can't have a festive horror movie. Peter Vulo, if you can find a copy of this for <laughs> Thursday Night Cover Terrors. Cover it. <laughs> next Christmas. Right. Make it happen. But I, overall, as a movie, I enjoyed it. It could be done better, mm-hmm. but it isn't something that I hate. Yeah. I'm well, not going not gonna to seek it out again unless it ever becomes streaming. I feel like it's it's sadly overlooked. It's one of those Christmas horror movies that it didn't really get its chance of, like, its turn in the spotlight. Um, but we've, just, we've discussed a lot of Christmas horror like that. Yeah. So, I mean, it stands to reason. But what about you, Reese? Any final thoughts on this other than the music sucks? <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, if it was done to a... Could be better. Mm-hmm. I think the FBI's at your door for your nefarious. <laughs> They're like, we heard you done, done took something off them there interwebs. We heard you got something not the legal way, son. <laughs> Bend over, let me see what you got. It's the only way to get it. It's it's not. There's no real release. Let me just say, I'm having Beecher come over, and because he works in. Um, IT security. Mm-hmm. I am going to have him come over. I'm not. I told Shane we're not using the laptop until he can come over, and I'm going to have him like scrub just our make, MacBook. Just make sure, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I don't want like, oh yeah, nefarious entities <laughs> from true. other countries getting uh, getting all up in your business, right? But uh, there's, again, this is, we do not have a lot of trivia at all on this one, and... It was hard to even find the IMDb page for me, because, really you know, was. I always have that pulled up. Mm-hmm. And, and most of it we've already mentioned, uh, you know, that, like, uh, Garrett Graham was definitely trying to, to be Barney Fife for his, his character. Uh, we mentioned somewhere in there that the movie was shelved, uh, yeah, it was filmed in 1987, but shelved until 1989, where it went direct to VHS. Um, we mentioned the castration scene was uh, was edited out of the original release, only alluding to Harry's fate. Um, and of course, they talked about it. But and this one, I I, I thought was funny because I normally count these, but I didn't. Uh, Sheriff Thompson fires his revolver ten times before reloading. <laughs> so and uh, <laughs> they had magic revolvers in the eighties, like in so many others. But many of the extras were actually friends and family of the cast and crew, including Mrs. Watkins. That's why she didn't have any speaking lines. <laughs> Who was actually the director's Aunt Matilda? I laughed my ass off and I was like, her name was Matilda. That's fantastic. Oh. It fits that little old lady. But, yeah, so. No old people were harmed in a dryer. <laughs> no, they were. No, that was Bill's mom. That was Ms. Jarvis. Well, she wasn't harmed in a dryer. She had her face shot off. Right. She was harmed in a dryer in a previous movie. Yes. 
But we have definitely run long. I kind of expected that with a, a whodunit. It's always hard. A whodunit, and especially something that, I mean, you've seen it before. Yeah, and you guys have. Reese and I have not. Right. So we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up quickly. But uh, for those of you not following us on social media, we're the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Maurice handles our Twitter. What is that good, sir? At Boogeyman's Love. Thank you very much. We do have a Patreon. It's $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes, as well as uh, an exclusive episode this month, or every month. Uh, I haven't posted this month's episode yet, but me and Josh Hibbard are going to uh, be talking about a fun topic, so that'll be up soon. Um, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon, so if you guys are interested in more podcasts like this, check out radpantheon.com and radpantheon on all the socials. Uh, you can find other podcasts that we mention on the show. You can find artists and musicians doing some rad stuff. Now, for our next up, I figure as a Christmas treat, we should decide right here and now what the first movie in our list of... Uh, uh, was it uh, diminutive? Horror? I forget how I, I wrote like Wait, li- me, little monsters. I think let it was. me consult the bones. Because our our January, we're gonna kick uh, kick open the door with twenty twenty three to little monsters. So it'll be a lot of little creatures. Yeah, little monsters. Yep. That's exactly what you called it. Um, so, I mean, I told you both what my my vote is to kick it off. What do you think, Maurice? Do you think we should kick it off with basket case? Sure. Basket case? All right, guys. Basket case it is. You heard it here first. So the first movie of 2023 that we are going to cover is uh, Frank Henenlotter's classic, Basket Case. We're finally going to get that on here. So for anyone that wants to watch it uh, before we cover it, it'll be in January. I think it's still on Shutter. I think it is. I own a copy of it, so I mean, that's it. I won't have to get it through illicit means if it's not streaming. Okay, yeah, please don't, because <laughs> I, will, I will pay to run to the run to the thing have to. Right. But we're going to pick two, mm-hmm. and then we're going to put up for our for listeners our to pick two. Just because the algorithm has been fucking everybody on social media, unless you pay... Well, I shouldn't say social media, but Twitter is a garbage fire right now. Uh, both Instagram and Facebook are, are, you know, being screwed over unless you pay for it. Um, Just to put it in perspective, I cannot see our own pages' posts unless I specifically search for our podcast page. And and I've had multiple people who always interacted on every post tell me that they're not seeing it unless they seek it out. So now when when I pay a couple of bucks to advertise, suddenly everyone sees it again. And it's it's very frustrating. So we Zuckerberg's being a dick. Zuck, you suck. <laughs> exactly. But so with that, I think we are going to wrap this up here because we are two hours and ten minutes. So definitely For a long a movie one. That is way less than two hours. <laughs> way less. But all right, guys. So this is our little Christmas present to you. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye and have a merry Christmas. Bye, merry Christmas. Bye, merry Christmas. Ding, fries are done. Ding, fries are done. <laughs> thanks for listening if you enjoyed what you heard follow us on instagram at the boogeyman's closet where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned